Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Game Train Podcast. I'm Callan Davis and joining me is Carl the Lyrical Smith. Hello, Carl. Hello, Callan. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. So we've got an extraordinary episode for you folks today. It is our next-gen wrap-up. So for those that have been following us, they know we've been doing little live segments on Twitch um, about all the different games and hardware, etc. that has launched along the way. I've been trying to do one of these uh, each night, um, but now... What this is, is the Megaton episode. So what we've done here, we've put all this together for you guys. For those that only listen to us on Podbean, this is the whole thing in one huge thing. So this is going to be a very, very long episode. Maybe our longest episode ever. Um, but remember, we've also got it broken down into single, single segments. So if you go back through, you can go choose a specific segment. But also, at the end of the big marathon of content, we've got our next-gen wrap-up. And we've also got the questions from the passengers, and then we've also got the lame life hub and lame love and hype train as well. And remember, this is all being um, recorded live on Twitch. It is the nineteenth of November. So, Carl, anything else to say before we kick this all off? Strap yourself in, guys. We should have the uh, the timestamps in the description of wherever you're listening to this. Yes. All and, right. Uh, that should help you along the way. All right. And here we go. So it's all about the Xbox Series S tonight. I was lucky enough to have Microsoft send me out a um, a copy or a copy of the console, uh, the a console, well, the console itself to uh, sit down um, and have a go with 3D which, print, which, which, which was very, very exciting stuff to get um, a piece of hardware off Microsoft. So I'd like to say thank you to Microsoft for that straight up, um, like to to give like a channel like ours a uh, system like that was pretty humbling, I'd have to say for us. So um yeah it, that's it, a huge it, deal for us man yeah it was it was fantastic stuff so let's let's get into it guys we're going to start talking about all of this um series s so um as, as you saw in the video straight up we played the video of the unboxing before which we did on here the other week as well um the console is very small it's very small it's very light um it, it sits very nicely up on my tv cabinet now which is very very cool um, and yeah, it was really, really cool to sort of unbox it on that night and set it all up, etc. So a bit about the Xbox Series S. It is a discless console. There is no discs in this console, um, for starters. Um, it is fully backwards compatible with all your old Xbox One and 360 games as well, plus the new games that are coming out will also run on the machine. The price of the machine is $500 AU over here compared to the Series X, which is $750. Um, and as you saw on the video, it comes with the console and a controller, some batteries and all your normal cords. So it has all the same outputs as the X, but the um, interior memory, etc., is all different from the X. So for starters, it has less RAM than the X. Uh, its computer is down clock compared to the X, and it is four, terapl- uh, te- four teraflops instead Nailed of 12 it. teraflops. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. So it's like a consumer-based right. model, this one is, really. It is yeah. what it is. It's an entry-level model um, for people. So it, It's like that sort of in-between iPhone one they do. with. Is that also an S? 
you know when they make the new one then they have the one with like the plastic shell but similar insides and it's just like a lot cheaper but it's like the same generation yeah i could see that sort of thing like that like um it's one of those things like um i know it's all xbox tonight but playstation also doing a disc pardon me a discless version as well but theirs will be the same performance as their as their regular version but this one is like a lesser powerful version than than the x so this runs up to um what is it 440p while the x goes out at 4k and um well some stuff can go 4k on this yeah yeah i don't i mean you have the console but i know but was uh, it... i was about to get on to my next point i was running this on a 1080p tv yeah so i think it does 1440 yes yeah yeah right? Definitely yes. not 440. That's less yeah. than a switch. No, no, no. I said 1440. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it, is, it doesn't do true. 4K though, like the X. No. Yeah. Definitely not 4K. I think it upreses um, maybe like movies. Yeah. I'm not sure via Netflix or something, but um, I'm not 100% sure. I just know that it doesn't do 4K. That's that's the main sort of downside. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, that's what I wanted to ask. I guess it'll be hard to tell because you are running it on a... 1080p display correct so correct. it's it's kind of hard to tell there as well yes i'd love to see what it looks like you know on a on a 4k tv or even something capable of doing the 1440 yeah mm -hmm. um but besides the visual fidelity do you know if there's anything else like that that four teraflops versus the what 12 mm. um pretty pretty much the same because they're running off the same sort of SSD, et cetera. So your game loads are going to be pretty much the same, et cetera. And we're going to get into all that in a second about the, the load speeds and stuff. So the other thing I wanted to say, there is no power brick on this. It's just a cord that goes into your PowerPoint, which is fantastic stuff. Yes. No gigantic power bricks sitting there behind your TV, taking up all that space. They're always clunky to sort of hide, you know, when you're trying to do your nice cables and all that. And then you've got this big yep. brick sitting there. That's all gone. It's just a nice little cable, which is great stuff to know as well for those that love tiny It's almost tiny the size of the old power bricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It is the power brick now. Um, so let's talk about the setup of the console. So... Um, you know, when I set it all up that first night, jumped in and it said, hey, have you got an Xbox account and have you got a mobile phone? I was like, yes, I do. So it was very, very easy to do. You just log into your app on your phone. You pretty much sync that app with your console. Um, and then you just go through your normal um, sort of, um, you know, time, date, et cetera, et cetera. Boom, yep. you're done. You're in your, your old stuff there. You can see your old library and all that straight away. Very, oh, very simple stuff to do. You could just download straight from your old library, hypothetically, and yes. then choose whether to put it yes. into the Xbox mm -hmm. or onto the SSD. Yeah. Cool. And you were... Um... Well, I mean, let's get into it. What's the first game you played on it? Um. Oh, I was going to talk about the interface real quick. Of course. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. yeah. So well, after, talk after... about that. i got to go grab something. Okay. Um. So, yeah, booting up the Xbox, it, it took five or so minutes for me to be fully set up and in into the screen so the interface is the same that as your xbox one is now so with that it is um they've gone like for a uniform approach across all the consoles so it didn't feel like that when i went from the 360 to the one and there was that different 
you know, interface when you log in and all that. And it felt very new because I'd already been on this interface. It felt the same and I was used to it straight away. So there are pros and cons that it doesn't have that fresh coat of paint, but it's something you're used to and, um, and, and all things like that. Um, but as always, we know how easy it is to sort of navigate around the Xbox interface um, and menus and all that. And they've done a little, they did a little update probably about a month ago now where they updated the, um, the store and just the general layout. So, you know, for those out there, it's very easy. It's like, it was almost like just turning on my Xbox One again, you know, that everything was kind of back there straight away to have a look at and things like that. Um... And, you know, um, we're talking about the backwards cape, um, compatibility for it before, um, you know, your controls are backwards compatible as well. So you can take your old Xbox one controls and use it straight on the new machine, which I've been doing as well. Um, and also this, the new controller has a lovely little share button where you just push one button and it will upload a script, the screenshot, which you're seeing on the screen at that time, straight onto the internet for you at this time. It wasn't fully uploading. I think there's some a patch coming launch day for that to actually fully kick in. But for the moment, it was taking the screenshots with the one hit of the button, which was fantastic stuff to see. So, um, yes, you asked me about the first game I kicked off with, Carl. Well, before I jump into that now, I just heard you say uh, that screenshot button's not working anymore. Oh, it takes the picture. It's just not uploading for me. Right. I was having that same issue. I just thought I'd mentioned in the last day and a half yep. on my Xbox. Yep. Um, my screenshots weren't being sent over. Yep. And I wasn't sure if it was because I was playing games that aren't technically released yet. Right. Yeah, it could be It could be one of those things because we have been playing mm. a lot of stuff that is under embargo, hasn't been released, etc. So it could be to do with that as well. We're not fully sure. So I'll have to get back on that one because I've just been taking screenshots of the new games, not the old ones. Yes. Um, yeah. I thought as, that might be it. I thought I'd mention that. Um, so the SSD yes, first game. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I was going to talk about the hard drive and then go on to the first game. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So the hard drive is an SSD and this is the new tech that we are getting across this generation with the Xbox series S X and the PS five. We've all got SSDs, which is the big new marketing push about the speed and all that for it. So, um, the Xbox series S has a 500 gigabyte hard drive while the X has a one terabyte one. So yeah, so I was using the um, obviously the 500 gig ter um, 500 gigabyte hard drive, but when you do boot up, you've only got 364 gigabytes there ready to go because yes, of operating lot, space hey. and all that. So really, it wasn't a lot to mess around with. So I I've got a little external hard drive which I've got a bunch of stuff on. And you spoke about what did I kick off with first in terms of games? Yes. So in terms of the yes. games, I kicked off with Tony Hawk straight away. Um, was, of course you did. Nice. Uh, yeah. I like that. I, I was running it on the, uh, off the old hard drive though, um, the external. So um, in terms right. of loading screens and all that, nah, still the same. Um, okay. Yeah. But um, I did notice that like there wasn't as much kind of pop in, like another game I did try though on there. And um, now this was not optimized for the series S or X, this next game. But I did play this game, and I feel like I should talk about it, is Watch Dogs Legion. So the right. version I played is technically the backwards compatible version, right? Now, straight up, I noticed the loading screens, because I had been playing it on my Xbox One. 
Uh, with this new SSD, the loading times will probably cut in a... Sorry, f- before you go on, was it an Xbox One X or S that you were playing it on? X. Okay, cool. I just want to know which ones we're comparing. Right. Um, yep. The load screens were probably about a third of the times quicker, maybe even quicker than that again. Oof, that'd be nice. Um, there, there were seriously quick loading screens on this. Um, in terms of fast traveling, booting up the game... And, and all those things. So I noticed that straight away. And I noticed a bit less pop-in as well as I was playing um, as well. So that was on, on Watch Dogs. Um, okay, and was that running off the actual Xbox's hard drive? Yes, because of the fast loading. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. So, see, I want to... You feel like you noticed some of that, even though, like, on Tony Hawk as well, even though it was running off the external. No. As well, no. Oh, you didn't feel like no, you felt no, no, any no. It was normal load times when I was running off that external for Tony Hawk. Yeah, but I mean, like while you were playing, did did you say that you were noticing any difference in the pop in in oh, the actual game? I noticed a little, just a bit cleaner graph graphics, I guess, and things like that. Okay. Um. Now, no, in terms really of the motion and and frame rate and all that, it was all the same. Um, yep. yep. Okay. From the One X onto the Series S. Um. Yep. And then yeah, so. Um, yeah, what else did I try um, in terms of... Oh, I tried um, a few different things um, real quick. It is on embargo, but we had been playing Assassin's Creed. I'll, all I can say is that the loading screens and fast travel times... Again, this is not optimized yet. We don't have the optimized patch yet. but we'll, So we're technically playing the old version backwards compatible on the new system. It's very strange to listen to that, but it makes sense. Um, we haven't been given the patches yet, but again... The loading times are super fast. I've uh, I played it on both systems, and again, um, the S came right out on top with the really fast load speeds. Again, about a third of the loading time you'd normally wait for on the Ooh. other games. That that's just sort of my estimate. I didn't have a stopwatch or anything, but those are my estimates and my feel for it on how much quicker it was. Um, wow. Yes. Um, and then uh, in terms of the storage space, um, so the S. Um, because it's not 4K textures in the games, uh, it's not downloading the 4K texture packs, of course, so that your games generally, if they're optimized through Series S, etc., will be smaller than the X versions, because um, we've seen reports that COD, um, Cold War is going to be like 120 plus gigs, so that one's not optimized, yeah. so sadly you're going to cop the no. 120 gigs, etc., but other games like um, probably Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, and these other ones that are going to be optimized will have the smaller storage space compared to the X, which is great because you are dealing with a smaller hard drive here. Um, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really hurt for developers that don't do that, especially yeah. if people are not... I think, judging from everything you're telling me, if anyone thinks that this is not an external SSD generation, you are crazy. This yeah. generation is going to be running on external SSDs. They they look like they're expensive, but mm-hmm. just think of them as an addition. They're over three hundred dollars for those external SSDs at the moment. I think. Yeah, it's insane. But mm. like these consoles, I think are, are a lot more expensive than we think because it does mean buying one of those to be comfortable for like at least you know the first couple of years in this generation. Like if not hypothetically, you couldn't even fit three games on if there were three COD games. Yeah, exactly. So you, you probably Which can fit, ridiculous. in terms of normal games, um, about eight games on there at the moment, on your SSD. Which, really, 
the, the transferring from the SSD onto my external and backing was pretty quick process. Um, and you know, um, so I couldn't see myself really stacking the SSD up high with a heap of stuff. But the other thing I want to talk about is the, um, uh, what, what's the word for it now? It's, oh man, I've gone blank. Um, where you can instantly switch games. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Um, yep. So, oh, no. so it's got a great feature. Like we, we, we saw it on the Xbox one, but for one game only where you could have the game there on your sort of Xbox desk, desktop or whatever, and then click it and it will take you straight back to the part where you are. Well, this time you can do that through multiple games. So what I was doing was like playing Tony Hawk and then I'd instantly switch to another game. Then I could instantly switch back to Tony Hawk again, whenever I wanted. And so good. And that, that, that was great. It was really, really cool to be able to just switch back and forth between those games whenever you want. So for example, if you had have called me and said, Hey, we're going to go play this game. Then I could easily jump out of Tony Hawk into that game and then jump back into Tony Hawk whenever I wanted to. So, yeah. And then even if you so went, cool. Oh, I'm going to go for a bathroom break. I'd be like, okay, cool. And I could switch back into Tony Hawk mid game, do, do a level. And then you're like, all right, I'm back from the bathroom. Okay, cool. Let's go back to what we're playing. So Switched you can again. do these yeah. oh, sorts well, of things, which is When you're really waiting cool. for your mates to all get together for an online game or something, like, yeah. you know, you're playing Halo or Destiny 2 and you're like, all right, we need four of us on here. Where's old mate? Oh, he's getting back from work. Or, And in the past, you've had Destiny loaded up, but it takes so long to load that you're just like, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait for it. Yeah. But now you can just like switch to like, Crash Bandicoot, yep. do a few levels. Yep, yep, and then yep. And instantly that. switch back. It's really, really nice. Mm. Um, um, and hypothetically, like five to eight games as well. Hey. Yeah, um, I think it goes Instead up to four. One? Goes up to four. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Up to four. So and um, jump around between four generally. Yeah. We have seen uh, and heard of tests where people have unplugged the Xbox and moved it to a different room, and it still loads up. Um, I did that today. Because um, I, oh, I, I was switching the power around today. Um, I unplugged oh it. God. When I plugged it back in, it didn't do... Uh, it, I went straight back into the menu, but the game I was playing yep. at the time didn't jump back to the point I was at. But I did speak to someone else that it said their game did jump back to the point it was at. So Now, did they have an X or an S? They had an X, so... Could it be an X thing. Yeah. Yeah, so mm, for that, the, um, that one I, uh, I didn't fully test. It was just an accidental test as I was switching this across PowerPoints. But man, I hit that button. I was yep. straight back on the desktop instantly. Like it was crazy. Wow, that's really cool. Quick resume is what it's quick called. Quick resume, yes. Quick resume, that's right. Fantastic yes. stuff. Um, but yeah, like as I said, the biggest thing has been the, the big jump into loading screens. Like just how much faster it is to jump um, into a game and, and fast travel and things like that, um, which has been absolutely fantastic. I've been loving that. So good. It saves so much time. And, you know, sometimes in a game it's like, hmm, debating whether to just walk there or fast travel. I can't decide what's faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like, now fast travel is what you do because you're like, I'm there in three seconds or whatever, you know. Of rather, course. Well, like I was saying a third of the speed is probably even faster than that. I'd say maybe a fifth. <laughs> Like, yeah, you unless you're playing a game like Sunset Overdrive, where the traversal is actually more yeah, fun than, yeah, but you know. th these are some big open world games I have been playing, and I'd say 
yeah, you know, it was like a 30 second wait or 20, 20 to 30 second wait. And then I'm down to like three seconds waiting for like oh a, a fast travel goodness. jump. So th- that's your that's difference in, in, in that, which has been great. Um, look, um, we, we spoke about how it, it is the less more, you know, the less powerful machine at the start and the smaller hard drive, et cetera, you know, 364 gigs compared to, you know, the X and, yes. and things yep, like yep. that. Um, what this is and, and um, is the perfect sort of Game Pass machine because it is all digital. Oh, Game Pass so is super true. cheap, gives you access to over 100 games. Um, and it, it's perfect for those just that just want to have an Xbox there, maybe not spend as much and not go get all the accessories like external hard drives and that, but still have access to the Xbox catalog and the games that come on there. Um, so it's, yeah. it, it's great for that. Or if you've got a kid as well and... You know, you just want that cheaper console that can still play everything um, along the way. So um, it, it's good for all that. But for a hardcore enthusiast, you probably are better off going 40x over the S because of the larger hard drive space, the more powerful machine, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, because, you know, we're only at the very start of this generation. Like, two to three years in, it'll be interesting looking back where the S and the X sit then in terms of their. Um, teraflops and power, etc., on how newer and newer games will run. So that's going to be the big test in a couple of times, a couple of years' time. But that's sort of my review on the system. As I said, I think it's the perfect thing for for a, um, a, a second console or something that just only wants Game Pass or, or you know, for, for your kids or whatever. Um, but for the hardcore enthusiasts, yeah. I still think you'd go to X over this. So we're going to jump into everyone's questions now so you guys can start asking me because we are doing this live on twitch at the moment you guys can ask yes. me questions including you carl sorry for talking so much folks i just wanted to get through all the info uh we've got a few yeah, questions here no it's good um so is the s better than the x now the x like uh, the, the one uh are you, are you talking about the one x phoenix well assuming he's talking about both of the next gen consoles i think the s is only better than the x in the um realm of budget if if you do have a budget i think the s is the best way to jump into the next generation of gaming and have everything there available not at its peak but you know it sounds to me from what you're saying mm-hmm. budget wise if you're a gamer on the budget for all consoles at mm-hmm. the moment jumping into the next generation of consoles the s seems like the just the best way to do it yeah look if if I was to choose off the bat, if I was going to go buy something, I'd buy an X over an S just for the power. Um, yeah. Will it play River Raid? I think there's an Activision collection on the dev pool, so it might. No, not anymore. Oh, not anymore? Nope, forget that one. They took one. it out. No, that was for 360, and they even took it away for 360 because I used to jump on there all the time to play my Frostbite. No, I can't. Oh, and I did damn. have River Raid there. Damn. Not um, anymore, dev pool, sorry. Uh... Vivil Gan, will you be powering it up? Um, I probably won't be powering up on the stream tonight, Vivi, but I will be playing my Xbox games from it off it now on. So, but as I said... So when you are streaming, you'll be on the Xbox One S. Yes. Uh, Series uh, S. Yes, correct. Correct. Um, can you choose a bigger hard drive? There are ex- hard drive expansions for the SSD Phoenix. As we said before, they're about $300 though. So they're quite expensive. So Australian. Yeah, so if you're buying an S and a hard drive, you're looking at $800. You're better off probably buying an X over the S. 
in that respect. Yeah, but then you might then you might want to buy a hard drive as well. And then you're looking at about a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, <laughs> you got to make the choices. Like, okay, do I want the cheaper system and then get the extended hard drive for it, or do I just, you know, buy the cheaper system, run the run all my old library off an external regular hard drive like I'm doing at the moment, and just put what I'm playing onto the SSD? And like as your I main say, game. It's pretty quick transfer. Like I transferred forty something gigs in maybe five to ten minutes. So. It's not that bad. It's enough time to go get a coffee and then off you go or whatever. Um, yeah, it's nice. And if you just get new stuff straight away, well, you'd be putting that straight onto your S straight away anyway, uh, which has the faster processing power and response time gamer-wise. Um, the Series X would... Um, this has only four teraflops compared to the Series X, which uh, is going to have 12. But they had the same speed SSD, which... I'm feeling most of the sort of groundbreaking stuff at the moment is because of this SSD and how fast yeah. it is. Um, so the hard drive speeds will be the same. You're probably still going to get the same loading speeds. And we're going to test this when you get your X versus yes versus the S. We're going to actually time something out and, and work out how... Yeah, that'll be great. I think they're going to be the same because they are running the same hard drive hardware here. It's just the computer speed, um, et cetera, is, is your different stuff. Uh, which Phoenix, is coming these out. These are great questions, by the way. These are great Very questions, questions, Phoenix. Uh, they're both out on the 10th of November. Um, and the Series S is $500 and the Series X is $750. That is Australian dollars. Um, yes. We are talking yep, same day. about there. So, yeah, they come out both on the 10th. Um, and both will be able to play exactly the same games, as we said. Uh, the full array of Game Pass, all the backwards compatibility across your old xbox one games if they're digital and um your xbox 360 games if they're digital because remember this is a digital only device you, there is no cd drive for this this drive for this um device here um so yeah that it's all about that so yeah um has anyone else got any more questions for us because i feel like i've almost covered everything here i feel like it yeah so you, um, I think that's that's a very interesting thing to know for anyone hearing this before the launch who is curious in the fact that Callum on, you know, twitch.tv slash game train twitch, if you're listening to the podcast, everything that he will be playing from now on up until the launch will be on that Xbox Series S, the next gen Series S. So if you are curious about it, I think it's going to be like one of the best ways to kind of just see it in action and ask you questions live on the stream. I assume you'll be all right with that if people can ask about certain yeah. things. And yeah, of course. Of maybe course. maybe well, request well, you do a quick... We're out like, of review embargo or... now. We're out of review embargo, so... Um, yeah, I think that's yeah very much worth knowing. Yes. Uh, do you think you'll end up needing to get the X in the future? I'll be getting the X in the future, Ash, just because um, if I'd have had the money, I probably would have already bought one. I just didn't have any money this year. Uh, yeah, Kevin wasn't going to buy any Xbox at all. Uh, I want something with great power, but I need the space. Yeah, I, I know I know what you mean, Phoenix. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there's no space on either. Like, yeah, um, yeah. as I said, this one has the base 364 gigabytes. Like, it's a 500 gig hard drive, but um, it's um, only 364 once the operating system and all that is in there. Yeah. I cannot believe it was a 500 gig hard drive. That is yeah, I think both should weird. have been base one terabyte. From, from, yeah, from, it's from just so strange. It's um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's I reckon that's one of the most disappointing features of it is how small the hard drive is, personally. Absolutely. For like, 2020 like, and the new yeah. generation. Yeah. Well, I'm not ratting on the machine or anything because I still think it's a great machine for what it does. But the hard drive, I couldn't believe it when I did load it up that night. Um, just seeing how how little space I had, I went, oh, right, okay, then. Yeah. yeah. It does, when I start to see those numbers on my computer or something, I start worrying, like, yeah. oh, no, it's too full. You know, like, that's... Yeah. And you to think that as soon as you plug it in is a, yeah. uh, a little bit disappointing. I to bring out a console of one terabyte, at least. Yeah, well, that's what DX has. So, as I said, you know, if you want the extra power, you go to, go to X. But if you just want... To play Xbox exclusives, etc., that do come out on this, um, and just you know casually doing it, the S is probably a good pickup for those that want to do that out there. But um, or you got to beg your family and friends to get you an SSD for Christmas. That's right. That's right. So um, we should wrap up this little review episode here, Carl, on the S. Yeah, um, I think that sounds good. Would man. you like anything else there before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I think you covered everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we. You know, I've been playing a bunch of games and I think the main thing to take away from it is yet yeah, if you have any visual questions, jump into that live stream that Callan plays. It's going to be really exciting just to see you playing on the S. I think the S is the one I was most curious about because it's kind of the the odd one out in this generation coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's the one I'm like, you know, I have a lot of questions for that one because it's the budget one. Yes. And it's that one that sort of teeters on that decision making of like, do I jump all in? Is this worth it? Do I get what I want from it? And I think I'll see that by watching you do the streams and seeing if it matches the way I like to play games. All right, so folks, we've got another hardware review tonight. That's right, I did the Series S the other night. Well, today, Carl picked up... Yesterday, sorry, Carl picked up his Series X and he's going to talk us through all of the Series X stuff. We just watched his unboxing on the stream just before and now we're going to talk about it in our mini review here. So, Carl, uh, how was it? Beautiful. The thing is beautiful. So I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to uh, play so much of like games like Assassin's Creed, you know, for so long on the normal Xbox One X. So um, just for reference, I was, I've been playing on the One X for the last couple of years. Um, so that's what I'll be mostly comparing it to. Um, and it's still, it looks lovely. The funny thing is, firstly, when you first turn it on, just like Callum was saying with the S, the transfer is just made so simple. Mm-hmm. They make the steps really easy. They guide you through it. As soon as it opens, you uh, bring out your phone, open the app, and put the code that's in the TV, and it connects straight in there with your own profile. It even opens up. Like I went through, um, you can't even see it back there because it's really blurry and teeny tiny on calendars, but there's rows and rows of games and groups that I put games in, and they're all alphabetical order, big games, indies, online games, apps, um, and I'd spent a long time doing that on my Xbox One X. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to do all that again with my collection. But no, it takes your whole dashboard over, puts it back exactly like it used to be. Um, and I was one of the first people that were like, man, I wish the dashboard changed. I wish it wasn't the same. But after it opened and everything was as it was, I'm like, no, actually, it's nice to be back. It's nice to be home. <laughs> um, and then transferring games over is super easy. Put it straight onto a uh, external hard drive or put transfer it via network. It's brilliant. The downside is I transferred my Valhalla game. I did it via USB, so it took a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it was on there, about, let's say, 15, 20 minutes to transfer the 46 or 43 gigabyte game. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And they're like, no, no, no. You need another 46 gigs to get the upgraded version. Wow. So it's 
massive, a massive update. Some of them not so big, like Tony Hawk's upgrade was five gigs and yep. so on. Um, Destiny's was massive, Destiny 2. That took ages, and I think it's finally ready. So I'll be jumping into that later. I haven't had a chance yet. Is that the Beyond um, Light expansion as well? Yes, yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. And it's also upgrading the whole thing. So the cool thing about the Xbox Series X is when you go to play a game, instead of saying this game requires an update, it says this game requires an upgrade. Right. And so it asks you to, before you open any game, like Dirt 5 I tried to play, mm -hmm. um, anything like that. Valhalla, I tried Assassin's Creed Odyssey just to have a look at it. And they're like, no, nope, you need to upgrade this game and turn it into an official Xbox Series X title. And it's adding all the textures and everything that it needs to become that new next-gen version of that game. And it's just so fun. Like, firstly, the first thing you notice is, just like everyone's been saying, is that quick resume between games is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And the loading is like nuts. Like you were saying, you got to experience that on the S as well, I believe. Oh, the fast loading, yeah, yeah, I get because it's the yeah. SSD text. So, yeah, I've been loving my fast load screens, especially for a game like Valhalla, which is so big. And a big thing with Odyssey was that there was big loading screens, etc. And for those to be cut down to minimal time, like you still got loading screens there, but they're only like five seconds, bang you back into it wherever you were. Um, other games like Yakuza had the quicker again, but that's a different style of game, etc. But yeah. Yeah, and I've been I've been loving that. And also, I've been playing um, Tetris Effect Connected, okay. um, which has been a lot of fun. And we'll talk about that at a later date. But it's so fun for a game like that, which is just kind of like a mini puzzle game. Clear your head. I'll jump in and play some of that. And I'll be like, all right, I'm ready for Assassin's Creed now. And it just opens. Like, you just go back in. It's like five to ten seconds between games mm -hmm. instead of minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's been, that's been the first thing I've noticed. And just seeing the actual the beautiful detail we've seen 4k before but seeing it run so smoothly and load so quickly and not struggling yeah. it's like it feel you can feel the jump mm -hmm. in that in itself in that it's not working its ass off just to run this thing so it feels like the difference of buying it like a whole new computer with all the tech put in and being able to run it on you know ultra settings and not have to wait so that that feels really beautiful um, what else can I say about this thing? Uh, oh, yeah, here's the controller. So how is your controller experience compared to the Elite 2? Because you've got the Elite 2 controller. That's a great question. And um, I'm both sad and relieved to say that the Xbox Series X bundled controller doesn't hold a candle to the Elite 2.0 controller. Like, not even close. Night and day. This feels like you know, like Fisher and Price, my first controller compared to playing on the Elite still, which I'm glad for because I'm sad because it doesn't have this Unreal controller straight out the box compared to the Elite. But I'm glad because that thing is so expensive. You want it to feel premium. Yep. And they did intend for that to be a forward compatible controller to use with the next generation of consoles. And it feels like that still. So that is still very much a premium product that is worth getting for the Xbox. Now, uh, for the Xbox Series X, I should say. We did, you have spoken about that new share button. Yes, yeah, we went through that, that on the S review, yep. But if you want to recap real quick. There. Yep, so that share button, you know, just press that button and it acts like the same as screenshot or capture, but you can actually remap that to do anything you want, as you can with every button on this controller. But the share button, they make really easy to find in the menu. You just jump in there and says, what do you want this button to do? Do you want it to go to your party chat mm -hmm. or, you know, 
straight to your um, queue of loading and updates, or you can press it to, you know, so you can just press that button and see how much you've got left to update something or whatever. So that's really cool. And that, that isn't on the elite. However, the elite still does have the four paddles on the back, which this one doesn't. Okay. And uh, you can set those paddles to do exactly everything that this share button has. So you're not losing anything in the elite as well. Cool. Having said that, this does bring over a lot of features from the elite, like the, um, that, uh, textured background, um, back mm -hmm. base sort of thing that makes yep. it like, you know, which you have on the, uh, the S as well. And it's got it as well on the triggers, which is really cool to see in a default controller, not yep. in something that you have to pay premium for. Um, downside though, still does have those double A batteries that you got to put in, or you have to buy a charge and play kit. Yes. Yeah. Thank God the charge and play is USB-C though. I'm really happy about USB-C being uh, a normal part of this generation. I don't yeah. want to focus. No, anymore, that, you that, guys that's know. not focusing, but yes. No. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's really cool. I like that being a normal part of Xbox. Um, what else can we say? I've, I'm, I'm jumping between games behind me right now. This, you can see it's really blurry. This is the uh, map screen right here for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And uh, I've been jumping between that and having a little play of Tony Hawk, mm -hmm. which I've just switched to Tony Hawk right now. And you can see that's the blurry Tony Hawk title screen. And there I am in Tony Hawk now, and I'm uh, in the character selection screen all blurry right there. That's my mm -hmm. character spinning around with his board. So it's just, it's insane being able to jump between, between these two games. And there you can see the Assassin's Creed logo again. So I've jumped back again, switched and decided, no, I want to play Assassin's Creed. And there's the map screen. And I'm going into the uh, inventory if I want, straight out of that. And I can walk around in Assassin's Creed and head out this cave right here. Wow, very nice, very nice. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It is as fast as that. Okay. Brilliant. Cool. All right, chat. Have you guys got any questions for Carl? We've got one here from Rep straight away. Have you tested movies in 4K 120 FPS? Ah, uh, no, I haven't, and I don't think I'll be able to test 120 FPS because I don't have a TV that supports HDMI 2.1 yet, mm -hmm. which breaks my heart. So I'm not sure. I think you need a TV that'll run that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry to say that Forza would look amazing. 4K 120, yeah, absolutely it would. And also, as I mentioned in the unboxing, you do need to use a specific HDMI 2.1 cable to unlock that 120 frames per second. Mm -hmm. um, it won't do it with a normal HDMI. So if it's not quite long enough and you need to buy a different cable for whatever reason for your setup, yep. make sure you buy one that is compatible with that. Okay. Um, and most of the sort of higher end new TVs that you get that are 4K, uh, will have that HDMI 2.1 compatibility, but make sure you ask for that so you can experience it. Yes. Nice. Nice. Uh, is there anything else you feel like adding? Like, how did you find the hard drive space? You've got about 800 gigs here. Yeah, so 800 gigs in that. So I feel like that's all right so far for me. Um, I, I do wish there was more, of course. And as soon as the external SSD drives become available, I will get myself some of those. Mm -hmm. um, so... Let's see if I can click on that right now. I'm just trying to have a look at, um, I have installed not a lot. So I've got Valhalla on there and I've got um, Destiny 2 and Tetris is all I've got like on the actual unit. Everything else though, it was really easy. I literally unplugged it and plugged it straight in out of my Xbox One X into my Series X and I could play all the games straight out of the hard drive. I was in and playing um, inside straight except, away. Except for those nice patches. 
Um, do, you, do you have any suggestions on TVs that are worth getting for the console? Um, I know LG's um, uh, their OLED LG. series. Their OLED yeah, series. Is it the Q or something? The CQ? No, no, uh, the C9, um, et cetera. C9, yeah. And also uh, the CX does it, does the HDMI 2.1. Um, I'm not sure which Samsung TVs do. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is a Samsung TV that does, but I'm not sure which one does off the top of my head. But I know for sure the LG OLED does. Um, yeah. Last year's models and this year's models both do it. Um, nice. So, yeah, um, if I was to get one myself, that's the sort of TV I'd go for. Uh, would it yep. be better to wait? Look, I'd say within 12 months, Rep, you'll see um, a lot more TVs with 2.1 um, HDMI. Because um, it was yep. only new tech last year, which LG kicked off within their, in their um, C-series, etc. TVs. Um, and now we're, um, yeah, or 9-series, sorry, because it's like A, B, C, D, E, F. Or whatever yeah, of course. For theirs. But yes, uh, their 9 series. And now they've got their X series. Um, not to be confused with the... Thank you, Zandog, for the raid. That's right. We're doing this live on Twitch as well, folks. Thank you so much, Zandog, for the raid. How goes it, buddy? Um, yeah, so LG um, would be a, a good one to look at. But I think in 12 months' time, we'll see most TVs, new TVs coming out yeah. in it. It's, it's a very tricky one. Like, like anything, especially in technology, um, the question of is it better to wait is an impossible one to answer because it'll always be better to wait. Things will always be cheaper and better and faster and things like updates will happen to consoles or PCs. Um, so waiting budget-wise is always the best, but it's up to you when you yourself want to have a specific product and when you want to join the conversation and, and be part of that, uh, which, you know, it's... It's a real trick. It's just like buying new games. It's like, do I buy it on release or do I wait till it's half price and all the DLC and all the bugs are out? Like, it's mm. it's a hard question to answer, oh, really. Well, the TV industry moves so quick as well. It's always chopping and changing, and it's insane. Like, from now, 12 months on, they'll be talking about some other crazy technology for TVs and stuff like that. So, if someone That's goes, it. oh, when's the right time to buy a TV? I say, uh, whenever you have the money and you find what's right for you. Pretty much, yep. if you sit there and wait year after year after year, um, you miss out or you might miss a good deal. I missed a good deal because I waited. So Yeah, that's true. And then you're stuck with like having to pay more or waiting even longer. Mm -hmm. um, just to reiterate on before, I have got Valhalla, Tetris Effect. Um, those are the only two that are in there. I've got the Falconeer and Dirt 5 downloading now. Yep. Uh, and so far it says I'm on 6.8%. Okay. usage of the internal hard drive nice yeah so far in terms of hardware we've talked xbox series s xbox series x and now we're going on to the playstation 5 so yes so yes um a little background for everyone playstation started off in 1995 with the playstation uh 2000 we got the playstation 2 in 2006 we got the playstation 3 2013 we got the playstation 4 now we've got the playstation 5 in 2020 so playstation 5 being the fifth playstation in the series of playstations carl well see i've got over here that it was 1994 uh, it's just written right here well i've got a thing that says 1995 <laughs> anyway so this is the fifth generation playstation bus to ps5 um <laughs> nice. and yeah so let, let's get into some of the stats real quick okay 
Um, yes. So it's using um, an AMD Ryzen Zen 8 cores. It has ray tracing acceleration in the GPU. Um, it has 16 gigabytes of, of RAM. Um, it has an 825 gigabyte SSD. So it's one terabyte on the box, but I think it's like 825 when you turn, mm -hmm. turn it all on. Um, yep. It has an expandable storage SSD slot. Um, it also has uh, external USB hard drive support for your old PS4 games. It's got an optical ultra Blu-ray drive. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the, the basics here. But yeah, the, the, the big um, the big pull of the PlayStation 5, and let's talk about that for starters, is the SSD, the hard drive that they've been promoting the whole way since the very first reveal of PS5. Um, this super ultra-fast SSD. We've seen the videos. How have you found that for starters? I just wanted to talk about that first because this is like their big point on the PS5. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have played more games that I'm familiar with. Because mm -hmm. right now, like, it, it feels amazing. Like, I'm playing through um, Spider-Man and all that. And it, it just, it feels, like, so much quicker than anything else. But uh, I can't really compare it to So, to me, I'm just seeing it as, like, I, I get mixed up with seeing, like, oh, wow, look how good Spider-Man is now and how quick it is. And I realize it's the PlayStation, but I need to feel like I, I want to see it on a game that I remember being really sluggish or something. So, I'd love to try something like Destiny 2 or The Witcher 3 or the first Spider-Man mm -hmm. um, to really be able to jump into that. So I haven't really noticed it as much personally, mm -hmm. especially spending like a couple of days playing with the uh, Xbox earlier on. Yeah. Everything just feels quite, I think we got accustomed real quickly, but um, what I think we do need to do is jump back onto the PS4 and have a quick go of that now. Yes. And feel like something's broken, I think. It is, it is yep. just like, so swift but it all feels too easy and i think that's a good thing kind of like when you're good at editing no one notices you've done anything and mm. you know yeah that's why everyone, said, you, that, you that, 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 that's why everyone says i don't do anything because my editing is that good yeah i okay yeah well done yeah thank you i feel that thanks thanks um yeah look i'm loving the speeds of it again like going from the series s onto this that series s is quick i found this would be even quicker again in terms of loading into games and 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 things like that um, yeah. Again, unless you're testing the exact same game, and then you got a stopwatch there, and then some games on some systems are probably going to be faster than others, depending on how the game's made, how the SSD this SSD utilizes yeah. that memory versus the Xbox SSD. So I think it's going to be a thing of years to come that we'll see games, big games like a Grand Theft Auto Six come out, and people will be right, right. So the Xbox Series X does it at this speed and PlayStation 5 loads it at this speed. You know, we're going to yeah. be hearing that the entire bloody generation on which yep. one and it'll loads. it's all the, about the... Um, loads Like what fastest. games can do it. Do you know what I love now? Is no what? two fucking minute loading screens or anything like that. That's all yeah. That's all in the past now. It's great for games. You can get straight into games really quick and off you go. So anyway, um, you got the digital version and I got the disc version. I actually yes. didn't know you got the digital version until you told me. Because I'm like, why is Carl's box black? Yeah. When I showed you when I bought it that day, I yeah. took a photo of it outside of the shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I went straight for that because it was, it was a no-brainer to me personally because it was such a cheaper thing. And I've been almost exclusively downloading games instead of getting the physical copy for the last 
maybe four or five years. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, this is great. And the thing that made me do it, of course, is that, you know, it's, it's cool that the PlayStation's cheaper thing is the exact same specs. Yes. Unlike yeah. the Xbox, which is like considerably, uh, you know, lower specs just to make it possible to be that cheap. And they run it at less than like half of 4K or something. Or Yeah. That, like none of that on PlayStation. It's the same machine. It just mm-hmm. doesn't have a disk drive. So for me, that was a no-brainer. But some people like definitely love to collect. And I can completely see wanting to have something with a disk, especially if maybe you want to make your PlayStation like your whole home theater thing and you want to oh, play of Blu-rays course. and whatnot. Of course, of course. Um, Did you try installing a game at all? Yeah, yeah. We'll get that to that in a minute in, in terms oh, of good, the good, installation. Good, good. So, so when you took it out of the box, what was the first thing you thought when you took the PlayStation out of the box? Well, the first thing I thought was that it was very light after doing it with the Xbox Series X okay. two days earlier. Yep. Because that's quite a hefty machine. Like, that thing is heavy. Yep. And the first, like, I was, I guess the other way around. With the Xbox, I was quite surprised because it was so big. I didn't think it would be as heavy because you know how the uh, the One X is really small but heavy and stocky. Yes. So I thought when it was a lot bigger, I thought it'd be uh, like a lot lighter. But that thing is full of, like, something because it's really heavy. And then when I, so I expected knowing how big the PlayStation is, because that is large. It is a large console. And I grabbed it out of the box. It kind of was like, it never ended as yeah. I was pulling it out. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was really light. So I think that's to do with like having that big fan yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. But that is the first thing I noticed. And then I didn't realize that the stand is meant for it if you lie it on its side as well. Ah, yes. Just Upways, so I just put it straight in on its side, and it's like wobbling around underneath my TV. I'm like, is this really how it goes? And I just touch it, and it would just look like, woo, 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 woo. and I'd plug something in, and like, woo, 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 woo. oh like, my god, this sucks, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the worst. I was just like, this is not the next generation. Do not tell me that. So I, yeah, I opened the box and looked in the manual, and I was like, oh yeah, whoops, it's meant to get, um, which. Unfortunately, like you know, like when I stream, I unplug the HDMI and then plug in like the 4K one to go into the TV, vice versa every time I'm getting on because we stream to a different signal. The Elgato that we use Mm. only takes 1080. Mm -hmm. So I have to get to the back of the console all the time. But when you pull it, like slide it out so that you can see the HDMI, the stand stays where it is. So you have to take the stand back and reapply it and then slide it back into your TV unit, which is fine for most people because they'll put it in there and they won't touch it for seven years. Yeah. You know? So that, that's a real weird little thing for me to mention. But for streamers and people who are constantly switching and changing, uh, that's super annoying. I ended up just giving up and I took it out and now I have it on its, like standing up right next to the TV so I can just reach the back real quick like a PC. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, when I took it out of the box again, I got this version. It's quite heavy. Obviously, it looks like a towering monstrosity next to my little Series S over there. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got the cute little Series S. Yeah, and then the PlayStation. Do, do, do. Hey, what's going on? You know, it's just sort of. Oh, my goodness. No, it's, uh, I've got mine standing up. I don't have it laying down. Um, I can't actually fit it in my TV cabinet. It, it won't fit. Oh. Because uh, it, it, it's so big. Um, and I want to give it that it airspace. Is. Well, I pr- probably could squeeze it in there. 
but there's going to be no airflow in there and that's a bad yep. thing for a console that's a bad time so at the moment i've got it standing up next to my tv for my hdmi switch i just take it out the back it's quite easy for me to do etc so on to the next thing booting it up for the first time so you turn it on for the first time you start your signing process how is your ps signing process how did you find that it was it was pretty good once it got going, it was. It took a lot longer, and there was a lot more steps than the Xbox One. I was talking about the other night how we just turn it on, the app came up, enter the password, boom, everything's done. Yeah. Uh, with with the PlayStation, I don't know if it was the same for you, but they said to move all your profile and stuff across, turn on your other PlayStation, and do it via the network. And I was like, okay, yes. I went on and turned it on, and then I came back, and they're like, cool, we found it. Now go back to the PlayStation and hold the power button for one second. So I went, it, I just happened to have to have set it up in a different room. Mm. So I'm running between two rooms, like doing a bunch of trips and then coming back just to load up the profile. So that was, and it, it wasn't like impossible, but after such an easy setup that I'd done just before, it just, it felt a bit weird. There's a lot of little steps that I felt like were a bit unnecessary. I was surprised, but maybe that has to do with me not having them on the cloud somehow. So I'm not sure. How did you go? Um, yeah, it was pretty easy. Just booted it all up, had to install patches for machine and control. Like most machines, when you get them now, we had to do it with the Xbox One as well, uh, the Xbox series as well, sorry. Um, yeah. I'm still doing that. Um, you still will for a while. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I just sign into my account and off we'll go. I could see my library and all that. Very, very easy. What I love though, is actually, again, with the PlayStation app. So I just had my app there as well. And when I did start loading games in and, and downloading, etc., I get a notification on my app now. Oh, when games are finished and whatnot. Yep, yep, yep. So you could be down the road having a coffee, you know, and you've got a game downloading, yep. and I'll go, boom, God of War is finished downloading. And you're like, oh, sweet. Wow, okay, that is handy. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I think it's one of my favorite new features, actually. Because I was sitting there... Yeah. And then suddenly there's notifications start coming through. I'm like, the hell is this? I'm like, oh, it's finished downloading. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, I was having like a nap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, nice. these notifications going, oh, look at this. This is, this is lovely. Um, but yeah, 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 look, it was pretty easy to set up. It's just really logging with your account. These accounts that we'll be taking across probably the generation after this, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's all pretty simple stuff. So... When you booted up, what did you think of the new PS over uh, UI? Because the Xbox One we know didn't change, so we've had a change this yes. time. Now, the Xbox One, I, I, I love that it stayed the same because it made it easy, but the PlayStation One feels and looks awesome. It makes me feel like I'm using a new machine, and I feel like playing the PS5 makes me feel like I'm in the new generation, Yeah, like straight away, as an experience all up. Once everything's installed, holding the controller, looking at that, then the UI is the first thing you notice. It feels fresh and new. And every time you put your, like, you know, um, you move your, I don't even know. I always call it a cursor or whatever. Just when you're on one of the tiles, it plays that specific uh, theme from that game mm -hmm. sort of softly in the background. So it's ever changing, which of course you can change in the menu, but it's yeah. really cool. You get like this chill hip hop beat when you put it on top of Miles Morales and you get this, like these really warm chords when you put on, Astrobot, you know, and like it changes for everything and it makes you feel one, it feels modern and fresh, but also 
you feel like in the mood for that specific game when you're hovering over it and you're like yeah. get in that zone before you jump in yeah. so you can kind of on those weird days where we sit down and we're like we don't know really what to play mm -hmm. i feel like that kind of gets you in before you choose a game and you're like yeah i'm feeling this cool let's do it yeah yeah i, I really dig the playstation 5 ui again again i i think i would have preferred the xbox to go over i know they did the update a couple of weeks ago on the xbox we spoke about that but I just would have yeah. liked a new coat of paint because it just feels so fresh and new. And straight away, you're like, wow, I am using something new. What, rather than the Xbox, I'm just using an upgrade of my old machine, really. Yes. Well, this just, yeah. Even though you're going to be using a lot of the old games and things as well, the backwards compatibility on the PS5 at times, but it just feels so fresh and nice. Absolutely, yeah. That Right now, it feels like the only new generation console. The Xbox Series X feels more like an Xbox One Z. Like they went up again. Yeah. Still in the Xbox One ecosystem, but just made it faster and better. But it's still that same Xbox One. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's what it, I know it's amazing. And I know the tech is incredible in there and it is so easy and it's fast and all that. But because the games we're playing are games that are out on the series, you know, like there's that as well. Whereas PlayStation does that wonderful job and they have that, uh, you know, Astro Bots Playroom. Mm hmm which takes you like little things like that. And that takes you on a tour inside the PlayStation yep. and you get to live the history, but see the yep. future. And yep. they've made a bit more of an event of the fact that this is a next step. Yep. Um, so uh, we spoke a bit about for how I got the disc version. You've got the digi version. So I found yes. when I was downloading games, like new ones, it was the same sort of speed as that we all know. People have been claiming yep. the internet's faster and shit. I don't think it's faster at all. I think it was exactly the same. Yeah, it feels similar to me. I, I don't think a new machine is really going to change that that much because our internet machines are garbage here anyway. So, yeah, you know, you know like, so, yeah. Um, if there was something to add or to draw from, it probably yeah. wouldn't be working here. What I did notice was faster, though, was that I tried installing a game off disc, uh, the new Spider-Man Miles Morales for the PS5. Yeah. Um, I found that to be a lot quicker, actually. Um, took about 15 minutes. Um, wow, and that's with all like anything it needed to download. I, I think so. I think there might have been a little bit of extra to download at the end, but the game was certainly playable, and you could do whatever from that. Like it did not take long at all because I was doing other things at the time. But next minute, the lovely notification comes through: Spider-Man Miles Morales has been downloaded on your flip PS5. Wow. Um, so that that was quite nice. Um, but yeah, okay. So let's go on to um, the next feature. Um, we've spoken about the machine. Let's talk about the controller. So Sony has done a big push for this controller. It's all been about the SSD mm -hmm. and the um, DualSense 5, or the DualSense controller, they're calling it. Uh, oh, there it is right there. Nice focus. There we go. Beautiful. Um, oh, the, the, it's gone. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the, the, yeah, the PlayStation 5 controller, the DualSense. Um, I must admit, when I first saw this controller... I did not like it one bit. No, I thought it was ugly straight away, just like the console. Yeah, I thought it was ugly. I thought it looked like an old controller that I bought for the PC years ago, very similar shape. And I'm like, mm, I don't like this very much. Um, but when I took it out of the package in that first day, and we've seen the reaction videos of everyone losing their minds over this controller. As soon as I took it out yeah. of that packaging and felt it in my hands, I went, I kind of get it now. I kind of get it because yep. you know what? 
the image that we see on the on the screenshots and stuff is nothing to actually holding it. Such a nice feeling controller. It's got a very nice weight behind it. Like I remember the um, PlayStation Three controller. I disliked immediately on how light the controller was. There was no. Oh yeah, that was yucky. There was no weight behind it. While this one has yep. the nice. Uh, again, like the four, but a bit heavier than the fours controller. It's got that nice weight behind it. It's got that nice feel to yep. it. It's got that, and it fills your hand. It, it does too. Um, and you know, it just feels so good. Like I, the the, the Xbox has that nice little what what did you call it? that nice coating over the top. This kind of has that too, maybe not as much, um, but it still just feels so nice. The buttons feel nice to press. Um, I've gotten used to it straight away. Um, how about you? Yeah, it's really comfy. And it like, for me, the one thing that's weird for me, and that's my own thing, which I'm going to get used to quickly is because it fills my hands so much like an Xbox controller. So when, when you're holding the thing, mm -hmm. it like the contours and the shapes of how your hand is, pew, 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 pew. Uh, it really feels like an Xbox controller. So when that happens, I often put my left hand up here thinking I'm going to find an analog stick. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, because I'm used to like holding it like that for the Xbox. So when I hold a PlayStation controller, normally like on a PS4, mm. I'm, I'm immediately used to the fact that that's a PlayStation controller. So I know that the two analog sticks are like side by side. But when I hold this, my brain tells me it's Xbox and I keep flicking my thumb up there to, to try and control things. I'm like, oh, there's nothing there. Oh, it's down here. But yep. um, it's so comfortable. It is so, it's so, so comfortable. So some of the features it has, um, again, it has a share button like the PS4 controller does. So you just hit that share button, takes the screenshot, much like the um, Xbox has now. Uh, it's got a little PlayStation button on there. I don't really like the actual PlayStation button, preferred the circle one from last gen. Yeah, then, then it's this harder one, to press. It's harder to press. So that's been, that's probably the thing I dislike the most about this controller is the PlayStation button on top, which is really, that's yeah, a small gripe, but it's still a little gripe I've got about it. Um, yeah. Um, it's got again the touchpad, much like the um, DualShock Four had. Um, yep. Etc. And it uses the USB-C for plug-in. So my house is yes. now uniform USB-C, which is really nice. Actually, I like that now. That's what your phone, the Switch, yep. your Xbox, the yep. PlayStation. Yeah, they're all right. They're we're all, finally there. Yeah, it, it's taken it's taken four years, but we're there. Um, <laughs> Shh, don't say it too loud. Companies will start changing to I, a new. I, I know we'll get we'll get USB D next. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so okay, so playing the games on this controller because we're going to talk about games individually down the track. But how have you felt their haptic feedback that they describe? So for those that don't know, this is the rumble. It like the rumble feedback like we've had for many years since the Nintendo sixty four. But PlayStation had claimed they've gone one step further with putting individual sensors all through the controller. And the rumble consistently changing depending on what's happening, like depending on what surface you're walking over, depending if it's raining, it feels different, et cetera, et cetera. How have you felt, found that so yes. far? Yeah, well, it's very interesting that this is one of the big things that they push because they were the first to say that audiences don't want rumble back when they released it on PS3. Yeah. <laughs> and they took it off that controller. Yeah. And instead put the access moving thing. Yeah. And straight away, people were like, this sucks. It doesn't feel like playing a game. We want our rumble back. And now, like, two generations later, they're like, okay, hold my controller. We got this. Yeah. And now they come up with this. And it's, like, it's pretty amazing. So walking on surfaces for me, 
wasn't as effective as I thought it would be. Like I could really feel the feedback of like standing in water compared to grass and all that, but only when I really concentrated on it. Yes. So when I actually looked at the game and started just playing it second nature kind of thing, it just kind of disappears into old memory of just feeling like rumble and how it's supposed to be a little bit like what happened with the uh, 3d rumble on the switch. Mm -hmm. However, when different things happened around me, when it does like the, it's very effective doing the surround sound. So there's like a, I, I say surround sound, but like surround rumble, like in the scene where in Spider-Man right at the start, you arrive in a train station and you can feel the train going over the tracks. Like you can feel it. And then it pulls in from left to right. And you can feel that in your hands, like this little rumbling Mexican wave that goes from left to right. And then the door opens on your right. And the sound is on the right speaker, but also the rumble, feels like a sliding door but only on your right hand yeah so you that feels amazing so like the actual tactile thing i haven't felt mm -hmm. is as amazing as i expected but like the other little things like like that and then when um when the little robots running around astrobot you feel these two little tiny feet going like tick, 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 yeah in your hands and they feel like really little in there yeah so that's been amazing um but yeah the other thing i'm sure we'll get to next is is what just blew my mind how do yeah. you feel the tactile stuff um yeah look as, as you said i didn't really feel it walking around it wasn't until i was mostly playing um demon souls and then when you're fighting and then when you strike the opponent how how hard and jarring it is when you bounce off a shield compared to when you actually slash the enemy and things like that that has felt really good oh, cool. um and i'm really impressed on how the microphone sounds in this one the microphone sounds really really nice on it, it sounds just more just a bit more powerful than the other one now um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, the speaker I, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So that that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I've got to test it with more things first. But it's it's, it's been interesting with them talking about, it. I've, and I have been thinking about it. Look, if if someone hadn't said anything, I probably wouldn't have really thought about it that much, honestly. Um, yeah, it's it's not immediately evident, but when you do, like, when they do those kind of amazing surrounding and weather stuff that's when it starts to feel very yeah. immersive i think again like the speeds and uh it just occurred to me why it was uh so fast um i kept forgetting that the xbox that you're using and why it feels so new for you as well because you haven't you want i keep thinking you were on the series x with me two days ago on launch yeah so when we we're talking about that earlier so that's just clicked sorry um Oh, I've completely lost my train of thought. I just thought of that then. I'm like, oh, that's why these blazing new speeds feel so awesome. No, but mine still, my Series S has the same hard drive as your Series X. It's the same speed. Oh, does it? Yeah, so we still of get the course. same load speeds. Actually, I want to test that properly. We're going to talk about that in, yeah. the, in the wrap-up episode. We're going, to, we're going to test that proper just to make sure because they've said it's the same, but we're going to test it with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We're going to start at the exact same checkpoint and we're going to teleport to the exact same checkpoint. Yes. Yep. That'll be really fun to do, actually. Yes. But um, anyway, this is about the PlayStation. So, okay, your, yes, next, your next one is... Sorry? I said yes, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, your next was going to be on the triggers, wasn't it? Yeah. Adaptive triggers. That's everything. Yep. That's the, that's the future of remote controls, like gaming controls right there. Yeah. Finally, someone's done something cool, like... The, the touchpad was like such a bold new thing, but it's like, nah, you know, it just became a map button and yeah. like 3D rumble with the switch or like even the like the waggle and all that thing worked on the Wii, 
But when yeah. they try and do it on the controller, it's just awkward to turn things around. I'd rather just do it with the analog stick when you're trying to look at items and stuff. Yeah. None of that's worked for me, but these adaptive triggers are just immediately mind boggling. The power in them and how like they fight back against you. Uh, and they you feel can explain like, how the adapt what the adaptive triggers are in case someone's listening and doesn't know what it right, is. Right, of course. Um, so basically it's, it's your main two trigger buttons, depending on what you're doing on the screen, it'll change to adapt to that motion. So if you're just like, you know, slashing your sword or something, you can just press it easily. But if you're doing something like opening a heavy door or opening a big chest or you're, you know, pulling a lever or something that's rusty, it'll be harder to pull down in that particular, that one second. And mm -hmm. if you're pulling a lever with your left hand, the left trigger will get all like rusty and strange feeling, but the right trigger will still be completely loose because there's nothing going on there. Mm. And it just, or even like there's that scene in um, Astrobot where there's a robot that crushes these balls that have like um, prizes in them. Okay. So as his hand goes to grab it, that part, like the first quarter of the uh, actual trigger feels loose and easy. And then you, you get to the bit where you're actually holding the prize and it gets stuck. Yeah. And you got to actually like, force it down and he smashes it. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes he holds a like a metal ball or a gold ball or a glass one and they all feel different it's oh wow incredible okay cool nice nice um yeah I, I haven't felt it too much in the games i've been playing because i haven't played all the way through astrobot yet but i did feel the triggers tighten up etc and i now yeah. i now know why it's such an expensive controller when you see them at the shops and how expensive they are i now yes. get with all this technology like the adaptive triggers the haptic feedback coming through um it's got like a thing that you blow into kind of for the microphone thing for things as well yeah. which was and that mic itself is yeah is brilliant like the um you well, know the talk to type stuff in the messages like again we speak of xbox not changing their ui they didn't really change their controller much they put some nice matting on the back um and they put a share button on it while this feels like a next generation controller to me right now this feels yes, this feels absolutely. like we have entered the next gen now while it didn't feel right with the xbox i felt you know, yeah. the, that time with it, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is next gen, but it hasn't really felt that next gen yeah. to me by the loading times. And now I'm like, with the PlayStation 5 playing their exclusives and this new controller, <clears throat> the new UI, as we talked, and their ultra-fast loading speeds, like, it really does feel like we've started to walk in, through that next gen door now, and it's now become current gen. Yes. Nice. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I've, been sa I've been saving that one. I've been saving that one so much. Oh, yeah, you did very I'm, well. I'm really, really happy. Um, is there anything else you would like to add before we uh, finish up on our little talk on the PlayStation Five? No, I mean, besides like the fact you you're saying we, we are jumping on this to give our first impressions as quick mm. as we can. So we yeah. haven't jumped into either of these consoles as much as we can to say like a deeper thing. So maybe next week we'll start having yeah. chats and yeah. wanting to do the bigger wrap up. Yeah. Um, so this is like, I think as far as like jumping in it for a day and a half, we've said more than enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think we've already gotten lots of experiences for, for the system and stuff. And again, the game sharing super easy to access each other's library. We did it again yep. on the PlayStation five. It took us 10 minutes to set up. We'll, we'll sort of, not even. 
we're just fumbling through options and we got it going and we're like, oh, yep, cool. So we're, we're pretty happy with that. We didn't even need instructions. We used to follow a step-by-step -step thing, but we're like, I guess maybe we do this and then you do that. Oh, yep, that works. Cool, thanks, bye. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty happy with all that. And yeah, look, I, I think, you know, Microsoft definitely went strong with the marketing, but Sony's like innovative designs here, I think have come out on top slightly. Yeah, they really have. Like that controller is beautiful. The um, the console is not as ugly as the day I saw it, but it's still ugly in my opinion. Oh, look, but that can yeah, sitting side by side with my Xbox Series S, I definitely prefer to look at the S over the PS Five. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, you know, wait, I've got, wait till you get that X in your hand, you'll you'll love it. Just yeah, well, I'm looking at these right now at the two consoles. It's actually kind of nice because I've got them both standing up on opposite ends of the TV. Kind of nice, oh, just nice. For both white consoles there because again yeah that would be i spoke about how the playstation 5 i can't fit in my cabinet well the the air cooler on the um s is on the top so again it's not that great because it's suppressing all that all that airflow out rather than it being at the back yeah of course. so again i i don't have any of them down there anymore they're both on opposite sides of the telly and it actually looks kind of nice Mm, I my Xbox. I don't know if you've seen the photos I've sent our group, but it's like real snug in there. So I don't know if I'm going to keep it in there for too long. But it there's like yeah. less than two centimeters um, above it. Yeah, but anyway, we should keep talking about PlayStation. Any last little thoughts yeah. on PlayStation Five before we wrap up here? No, like I'm I'm so excited to. It's all about that controller for me right now. I'm so excited to feel what that, that does in all different games at the moment and. Um, I guess we'll know more down the track, but I, I hope third parties get into this a bit more. Yeah, you can see you can see the Sony first uh, first parties much like if they do a new Uncharted, how much they're going to use those triggers in that oh, game is going to be next level. It's going to be next not level. just that, but the the next Gran Turismo game might finally be Ooh, the one that like with the gear every changing. car and the yeah gear changing and just the accelerator because acceleration mm. in different cars always does feel different. And I just can feel them doing that. And like mm. the surfaces of the road oh. and the slippery ice. And Horizon Zero Dawn pulling back on that bow. Oh, I I bet that's why they made it. And then they designed the rest. They're like, <laughs> let's make it feel like a bow and figure some other shit out later. Yeah, so that's going to be incredible. Yes. Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon is developed by Ryuga Gotaku Studio and published by Sega. Um, it is like, what would you call it? The, well, they call it Yakuza 7. Um, but it's like the, almost like the ninth game in the franchise because there was also Yakuza 0 and we've also had Judgment, which is all tied into the same world. Yeah, it's all the same universe. It's mm -hmm. like part of the big YCU. Yeah, exactly. 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 So the story is this one. You play as a new character for the first, uh, for not the first time in the Yakuza series, because in Judgment you played as the detective in that one, but uh, this is the first time you're playing as a different Yakuza. You play as Ichibang... Ichibang? No, it's Ichiban uh, Kasuga. <laughs> I like Ichibang. <laughs> yeah, Ichibang. Uh, Ichiban Kasuga. Uh, he is a Yakuza who has a fall from grace and falls out with the Yakuza. I won't go into the details why. Um, and it's about his um, sort of rebuilding of his life again. Um, 
Ichiban's kind of a different character to what you've been used to. He's a lot less serious. He's a lot more jovial as a Yakuza sort of person. And he's a big video game nerd too, where he sort of refers to everything in life as playing through an RPG because he's a big fan of Dragon Quest. Yes, specifically Dragon Quest. (laughs) Indeed. He's even got like the hair like a Dragon Quest character later on. Yeah, yeah, the spiky hair. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes. Um, so you start out the game in the classic Kumurocho city, like you have in all the other Yakuza games, but you end up going to a new place they've made of, uh, Yokohama, where they've made a brand new city for this game, which is really cool to get out oh, and, nice. and experience new area and all that. So it, it does very feel much like, um, obviously a brand new Yakuza game with a new protagonist, a new city. And, and all these things, but it's still got all those throwbacks to the original, like, Kumarocho Town and all that at the start of the game, which is really cool. Um, and a big change from the um, Audio Yakuza games and... Um, thanks. And Judgment is that the others were all real-time fighting where it was almost like this arcade style, sort of beat em up style in the fights. Yeah, like a versus fight in that moment and special moves and stuff. Yeah. And all that sort of thing. But this time, they've done something completely different, which took everyone by surprise when they did announce this, that um, it is going to be turn-based RPG combat. And yeah. It, it was a very much of a, like, wow, how are you guys going to pull this one off? Yeah. like, And you could see in all the footage in early trailers and announcements that it looked so similar to Yakuza anyway. So it wasn't like the camera wasn't pulled back. It wasn't like side to side like in some turn-based games or anything yeah there wasn't you know so it's like wait this is gonna be weird this won't fit yeah exactly it's a weird thing because i generally enjoyed the yakuza combat because i've played some of them now i've played yakuza 6 and judgment which i both really enjoyed um and then going from that into a turn-based i was like oof is this gonna work well i can tell you guys right now it does work um they've done a fantastic job of this um t- taking this old school beat up style combat into this turn-based rpg so pretty much you have about four characters in your party um you take it in turns to do um basic attacks or special moves against the enemy and of course they can do moves against you too much like the um paper mario games it there you can add in extra inputs for extra damage and extra defense, etc. So it's a bit more flexible yeah. as well. It's not just hit A and go. It's okay, A, then you might X, Y, etc. Then you might beat a block yep. when someone attacks you at the right time. It reminded me a little bit of, it brought me back to uh, Final Fantasy VIII with the gun blades. Oh, yeah. Press a button just as you hit and you get like an extra 50% of damage in there. Yep. And I remember because that was one of the early games for me, like one of my first experiences in turn-based battle. But from then on, I always had this weird habit of pressing a button as soon as you hit again yep. in any RPG. Yep. So now it's finally coming in handy. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so yeah, the, the combat's still quick. It's still got that over-the-top Yakuza feel to it um, to keep that sort of that essence of Yakuza throughout the combat, which has been really, really good. Um and what I felt with the combat straight up was that it had a very Persona 5 feel to it as well, which was really oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of Persona 5 vibes from the combat, which was really cool. But, Persona um, vibes? Yeah. Sorry, Persona vibes? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in also on top of the turn-based combat, there's a bunch of new RPG elements in this game. So in the other ones, you used to get like skill points, you put them into skills and upgrade skills, etc. This time, um, there are different jobs that you can like learn, like much like the Final Fantasy job system. But you can switch the jobs pretty much whenever you want. When you, <laughs> this is the great part, where you go into their version of Centrelink. Oh, nice. And you go in there and you change jobs in there. That's just so good. It's so good. So good. It is so, it's such a simple thing, but goddamn, it's clever. It's like really, oh. really clever stuff. So you can be like a, like a brawler or, or a hero or a bartender. And there's all these different random classes and they work as like your normal fighters or paladins or mages, etc. But they've just got all these weird and different names. Yeah, which is very cool. Um, also, on top of switching the jobs, you can bring over some skills from other jobs once you level them up into your other jobs as well. So you might be able to take, like, let's say, um, an increased attack power um, skill, and you might be able to get your job up to that level to learn that, and then that is available for all jobs, which is very cool. It gives you that customization, like, okay, I'm not really interested in the bartender class, but I really like this buff that I will get if I get to this level for everything else. So I'll level up bartender to level 10 or whatever. And you can bring that skill then into everything else, which is really nice, nice. as well. Okay. So it gives that flexibility on sort of how you build your characters, etc. And so of course- quite a bit of strategy in, in just the stats. Yeah, there is. It's surprisingly there is. And of course, yeah, you got, you know, four players in your team. So you want like a fighter or a mage style, you know, maybe like um, a healer and then someone that maybe maybe takes a lot of the damage. So you try and mix and match your party around depending on that for their different jobs and skills and try and get all that yeah. in synergy of one another. Um, and so you, you do level up, um, your character levels go up and your job levels go up. So there's two different levels that are constantly going up throughout the game as well. Nice. Um, so there's different things to watch there. It's like, like personality sort of thing, yeah? Um, yeah, well, the personality is another thing that comes into it. On top of that, again, you can raise your different personality levels throughout the game, which gives you access to more buffs and skills again. That is only on um, Ichiban only, not the other characters. But yeah, throughout the game, doing different tasks and things and how you answer in certain conversations will raise different parts of your personality and then thus eventually nice. give you different buffs throughout the game, which is another way they've um, integrated those RPG elements and different ways of building your character uh, throughout the game, which is really, really cool. Um, also, they've got weapon crafting in this as well and weapon upgrades. Nice. So you can craft weapons and upgrade them with materials you find in the world. And there is also gear, so you can equip like armor and hats and, and things like this. Um in the game as well for different buffs along the way and upgrade them all as well. So there's a lot of customization. There's a lot of things to do just around the RPG elements, which is really, really cool to see. They've gone all in on this. It's not RPG light. This is RPG heavy here. There is a lot going on there on how you can customize and change things for your team. Yeah, it just sounds like a straight up RPG. Yeah, exactly. Which a lot is, of cinematic. Which is great because sometimes, you know, when, when a game maybe ditches their genre and switches genre, which we've seen in the past, to like an RPG style format, it's like RPG light, you know, but this is, yep. they've gone all in, which has been really, really cool. Um, Very brave. So, indeed, indeed. So like any Yakuza game, there is a lot to do in terms of side missions and things there. Again, they haven't skimmed on the side missions. There's tons and tons of side missions. So there's a heap, um, including things like, uh, there's like almost like a Pokedex 
Like every time you beat an enemy, it gets lodged into this Pokedex and you try and fill out your... You, it's got a different name, etc. But it's like a Pokedex from like one to two hundred and fifty different enemies, etc. Which is nice. Which is really cool. Um, also, there is um, oh, and there was something else that I was going to mention in terms of of that. Oh yeah, there's like these mini achievements as well throughout the game, like um, getting ten fights and you get bonuses, or it might be like you know talk to x amount of people you get bonuses etc so there's all those little like mini achievements within the game as well which is really cool to see like additional goals um and then there's all these crazy mini games in the game too so like the other yakuza games you can go to a sega arcade and play sega games and all that which is kind of cool like virtua fighter and out um um i think it's fantasy stars one in there Outrun. Oh, fantasy stars there. Yeah, I think fantasy Outrun's stars. in there as well. You know, all these classics of the Sega games, which has um, been really cool to see, um, to jump in and, and try those out. But then there's all these other wacky things, which I'll just gloss over quickly. So there's like this, um, there's an exam center where you can go take exams and you might be like, oh yeah, okay, friggin' whatever. No, there's like 15 to 20 different categories ranging from sport to health to Sega etc and you sit these exams and you've got to answer the questions and they're not just easy things like some of these are really damn difficult questions um Holy shit. but it's really freaking cool because i keep finding myself every time i get enough money to go take another course in this little exam room i find myself wandering back there to go take another exam i did a mathematics one of like equations and shit as well oh um wow and- what is this world coming to if i told fucking 16 year old Carl that one day when I'm 34, I will be playing maths exams for fun. Yeah. In a video game. Yeah. But it's actually Why? fun. It's fun to challenge yourself and try and get through them. So you only need to get three out of the five questions for each exam, right? To progress, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, cool. I'm going to test myself here. And I'm like, wonder what sort of questions they have. And <laughs> some damn good general knowledge questions and stuff all filtered throughout there and stuff. They're not just easy stuff. Um, it's really fascinating. I it, love that they just go all out in their side quests and mini games. Yep, exactly. Um, there's another one which is called um, Dragon Kart, which is a take on Mario Kart as well. So wow. you get a kart that you can upgrade and go in all these races and eventually become the top racer. So again, another crazy mini game in this game with customization and all that. Wow, so it's not just one side game. It's like a thing you build up and yeah, pay attention e- exactly. to. Yeah, exactly, and upgrade your cart and, and things like that and, and all that. There's another one where you ride a bike around collecting cans, which is actually really addictive. It sounds basic, but it's actually really addictive. It's really fun. You've got to collect these cans, and there's like turbo boosts, and there's enemy riders, and they can steal your cans. If they crash into you, you lose cans. But if you crash in them with a turbo boost, you steal some cans off then. And you got to get a certain, oh, nice. you got to get a certain amount of cans within the time limit, sort of thing. It's so Seeger. It reminds me of the concept, of just like a Crazy Taxi or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, boring, but made fun. And then there's this whole other mini game of managing a business where you hire and fire staff, um, outfit your business with different items and things. Eventually, buy other businesses. Uh, you watch what? the stock market through there as your stocks climb. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous thing. Oh my goodness. There is a lot to this game, folks. Plus, you've got your normal darts challenges and karaoke and, 
and and all a baseball etc so all those make a return in yakuza as well so there is a lot there is a lot going on there it seems that's such a huge game yeah yeah there is a lot of content here and um you know from from playing it so far obviously i haven't finished it yet because it's such a massive game uh, i think i'm up to chapter five out of 14. Ooh, okay nice. yeah so it's it, again like yakuza games it's quite a big lengthy game lots of twists and turns in the story to come and all that sort of stuff so i'm yeah, really looking of course, forward. betrayals and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Crazy stuff happens. Oh, that's right. The other thing in combat, you get summons as well. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So just another little tip to the old Final Fantasy. I'm so sorry, Carl, for spoiling so much of this for you in this conversation. That's okay. It, that's okay. Like, it, it spoils it, a bit for me, but sometimes I think people might need... These particular spoilers are the type that you need to convince someone who's not into Yakuza to be like, okay, it really is just... Yeah. RPG. Well, has this conversation made you want to play the game a bit more, knowing how yeah. much depth there is to it? Yeah, that like knowing that they've kept the charm and the and the you know silliness yep. of the Yakuza brand, but that they've actually gone all out. It not it not just tacked it on, which that's what impresses me and that's what makes me curious to jump in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, f- for me, look, I I think this is a good place to start in the Yakuza series because one to six or zero to six. You know, you were with the same protagonist, and it was a big build-off story. Then you had Judgment, arc, yep. which was its own side story. Now you got this new Ichiban uh, Kasaga story as well. So you know, you it's it's a good place to jump into the series with a different feel to the game, but you still get all those great Yakuza elements there. Yeah, all the silly side quests. I feel that that's just as much of the you know, story as, as the, I mean, just as much as the franchise as the crazy fights and hitting people with bicycles and swings and whatnot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then it's also got all those themes of like the Yakuza gangs and all that going on throughout yeah. too, which is really Heavy cool. story. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but um, yeah, that was my thoughts and feelings on Yakuza because I did play a lot more than you have so far. Um, yes, yes. Did you have a score for it? Uh, we, we weren't really scoring these little mini episodes. We're just sort of giving everyone a rundown on what, it is nice. and sort of our thoughts and feelings on it. Um, maybe come back to me in a month or two once I've gotten through the whole thing. Um, yeah, and, of course. And in the middle of an, one of the episodes, and I might say what it's worth. But at the moment, I think it's definitely high eights in, turn, in nice. terms of, of what I'm enjoying from it. Um, and that could very well go up depending how the story rolls on. Yeah, of course. Cool. That's good to know. Yeah. Dirt 5 is developed by Codemasters and also, funnily enough, published by Codemasters too. That's right. They've got the double there um it is um the latest in the dirt series which has been going quite a while now um but this one's gone into a more arcade racer rather than the hardcore um dark souls racing as carl likes to call it of entries past yes this is this is very true this one hasn't been quite as um now i found as, as soon as i jumped in the first thing i noticed about this particular Dirt is it didn't feel like the other ones. You know how we always like, oh, this is the Dark Souls of racing because you got to yeah. really give it your all, and it's kind of like um, a bit more simmy. Now it's not a full sim game, which Callan and I have learned really quickly that we don't like real sim games because we tried one. Was that <laughs> is that at E3? That was at E3 2018, and I tried it. And you laughed at me of how bad, <laughs> how horrifically bad I was at this game, and, I'm and like, you were terrible. And, I was was so and then you jumped on and you were just as yeah. bad and we both walked away with our tails between our legs 
And we're like, let's never oh do God. that ever again. It in, in front of everyone, I was like, oh, I got this. You were like driving into the wall and spinning. The main thing is like oversteering. And I'm like, bro, just steer less. Use the brake, press the brake. And I kind of was like, I'm trying. And then I got it and I'm like, I got this. Let's do this. And I was just ratchet awful, like so bad. I'm like, oh my God, this is, and the steering wheel was shaking. And the whole, like the seat we were sitting in was like moving, like feeling yeah. all weird and stuff. And oh, I was, I was like, get me out of here. People are watching me. They gave us a goodie bag, like a thanks for coming bag. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want this. Get it. So having said that. This is not five. This is not a review of our E3 sim <laughs> racing experiences. This is a, well, I was going to say, normally a dirt game just feels a bit more simmy than a normal arcadey racer. You yes. know, it feels a bit more like the rally version of something like Gran Turismo, where you really have to think about your engine power, how your wheels connect to the ground and different surfaces and what the steering is going to be like in different weather. And that's why I love it. And mm -hmm. I love the races. My favorite races in the Dirt series are the rally ones where you race by yourself and yep. no one else is there. It's just you against the environment. Okay. That's what makes it different to me. If not, yep. it just feels like a racer. Yep. And sadly, as soon as I jumped into D Dirt 5, the, um, the first thing I noticed is it felt more arcadey than any Dirt I've ever played. Yep. It really handled quite forgivingly yeah. Almost like they made it a little bit easier on purpose or, you know, maybe a bit more accessible for more players, which which is great and all, but it's kind of like not what us Dirt fans look for to get Dirt. Because if it feels like a normal racer, you best believe I'm going to jump on something like Horizon, you know, like Forza Horizon or yeah. just something, you know, that's and, and those games have such a big following and they have such huge marketing budgets and they're huge and the reason people will still go to dirt is for that unique sim but not too sim rally feel yeah. and straight away i felt that was gone did you feel a similar thing yeah well i've never really played any of those old hardcore dirt games that you described because it's not really my thing i prefer arcade races a la need for speed forza horizon etc etc so i normally generally stay clear of those games i'm just not a big fan of that type of racing game um but yeah i jumped into this you know because you keep going on about how dirt's like the hardcore one i jumped in started playing i'm like this isn't too bad <laughs> yeah i'm not what carl's been going on about all these years <laughs> yeah I'm like, the dark souls of racing okay <laughs> all right yeah, you're like maybe maybe i'm really good at all maybe I'm, maybe i'm great <laughs> but then i realized no they've uh really arcaded down um made it a lot more of a casual entry into the series um, and yeah. this is this generation's like the new gen, which is just upon us. This is like the racing game that's coming out outside of gen. So we've seen like their flagship racing. Yeah, you know, we've seen gen. like Forzas and Gran Turismo's and and what well, Midnight Club, etc. In the past, no, uh, Gotham Racing. Gotham Racing. That's right, Gotham Racing. Yeah, that um, was the Xbox launch. Yeah, uh, Motorstorm was another one in the past as well. Oh yeah, yeah. PS3. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know, there's always a racer that comes out generally at the start of the generation that's cool you know like we we get it yeah i was expecting a forza or um a, a gt gran turismo you know to kick yeah. it all off but it's cool like we've got dirt five so um yeah um look it's not open world at all like a lot of races are going these days like forza horizon crew and etc where you can just you know drive around anywhere really yeah, even the newest burnout even yeah even the newest burnout etc um and so and the need for speeds have gone that way as well 
like they sort of mm. to and fro through all that. So this is pretty much Goodness. you select your course and off you go. But there is a career mode. Um, the career mode features over a hundred events. Um, but you can sort of pick and choose what you do at the time. So you start off career and then you can sort of branch out along the choosing different events as you go through the game. Um, yes. And yeah, the, the game is called Dirt, but there is lots of different surfaces that you can race on from bitumen to dirt <laughs> to ice, et cetera, et cetera. So, the ice is fun, actually. I had fun on the ice because, like I said, it's more arcadey. So it wasn't as crazy. Not the snow... I never want to go back to the snow again after that finish we I, just had. I, yeah, yeah, that was that was really, really rough. But another thing, how they have made it more accessible, um, as people are saying, is that there is actually no tuning, et cetera, on your car as well. So you can't actually tune your car on how you'd like it. I um, hate that. That was a huge part that I loved in Dirt. Mm -hmm. that, that really hurts me. They've taken up so much of this that makes it dirt. And they started this direction back in dirt four yeah and dirt four was really like um extreme sports and like you know like uh, mtv style and you you followed yourself and you could choose a cool name and you lived in a trailer and you could see the inside of your trailer and you slowly climbed the ranks of like the greatest races a lot more like all the new need for speeds are doing yeah and it was about like the story of of the racer whoever you are carl or Callan or whatever you you know and they called you by your name and I feel like it was really like trying to make it a like kind of like shoehorning in a story that doesn't need to be there. Like some of the um, early campaign things that they were trying in FIFA and stuff, you know, yeah. where you're just like, well, they're doing that in this one too. Yeah, I know. With, with some very famous voice actors as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Um, Nolan North and, oh, wow. and Troy, Troy um, Baker. Oh, is, are they both? My goodness. Yeah. Is there no other work that they're both I, I don't know. I don't know. So um, there's <laughs> voice acting like... for those guys in the game. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why? I would not expect yeah. to see this on their resume. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. But, you know, two of the famous voice actors in the video game industry <laughs> collaborated oh, on, the, on the new Dirt as well. Um, I used to see their names and think that means a good game, kind of like when you see, you know, Morgan Freeman in the cast yeah. or something like that. And then much like, you know, the great Morgan Freeman's name, their names have started to not always mean good games because they both were in Avengers as well. Yeah. And I was like, mm, mm, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. what I do like about this game is there is so many different, like the different tracks, they, they really... You guys didn't see it on the example we played earlier when we, we did a multiplayer game, but they really go all out to make them feel like different places, different countries and worlds. And mm -hmm. they, they make it a bit more like a showy. So yeah. it's yeah. In, the, in the older ones, it was more like the environment felt mm -hmm. like you were racing in England and the environment felt like you'd now switched over to France or Africa. But now it's more like it's a lot more showy, whereas the backgrounds and there's like cultural things going on and, you know, parties or... Um, special sort of events that are relevant to that country and buildings are a bit more extravagant and right near the tracks. So there's a lot more of that stuff. Yep. Yep. So there's a bunch of different events from Gymkhana, the time trial, rally raids, sprint events. And there's a new thing called icebreaker where you're racing on ice, etc. Um, yeah. So you've played old ones. You could end this as well. You could probably go through some of the events for us, Carl. Uh, see the events, the weird thing for me is that 
again, I didn't quite jump in so much. So usually it's, it's more like um, different things like doing laps or doing a straight one long track and then they name it different things depending on what kind of car you're using so yeah. there'll be a rally race and you can only use the rally cars or then there'll be classic races or like uh the down what is that one geez i forget what it's called but sometimes they it's just about limiting you to different vehicles and some are just like huge mud trucks and you can only use different kind of mud trucks or mm-hmm. some are just buggies or some are like super powerful like almost um like drifty cars yeah um it felt again this feels a lot more like some of the need for speeds in that yep. way but yeah you're locked into certain cars and you have to slowly earn enough money to buy cars you want but then when you spend money in one discipline that money's gone and you can't buy another car in another discipline so you got to kind of choose your favorites and they encourage you to do so so mm-hmm. they do realize like some people like myself hate Jim Carna which that is like when you're racing in a big, huge, open sort of section and they've got sort of stunts you have to do around the place and you've got to dodge cones and road barriers and blockages and like drift into doorways and do it like right close to the walls to earn more points. I was never a fan of that one, of that precision drifting. Yep. Uh, and then they kind of recommend in this game itself saying like, find the one you like, then stick with it. And sort of a nice way of saying, ignore the bad ones. This is a game that's trying to be something for everyone, which I always, I don't like saying that because I think it's lazy, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in a review. But this one is really attempting to do do so. And I think it's weakening the game for it. It's not really making any one event really strong. And everything feels a bit half-assed. And no matter which event you're trying, all the different disciplines feel so similar anyway. It just feels like you're using a different car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also a map editor called Playgrounds as well, where you can design your own tra- ah, tracks, etc. Um, I haven't jumped into that. I jumped on to play a random map that someone else made because you can share your maps online and all that. It was horrific. Nice. That's interesting. It was. Hor- <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was it was. It was just a badly designed track. I just did not. Oh, no. I did not enjoy oh. this dude's track at all. Now you know. Not saying every track's got to be like that. I was just like woof. <laughs> when I was doing yeah, this and track. It's, it's early days. It's probably it's, made by a reviewer like yeah, us who's like, I yeah, I'll just yeah. this to that, that mm-hmm. to this, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, look, the graphics are fine. You know, it looks like a racer. You get nice reflections. You know, all the dirt goes over your car. Your car gets muddy, etc. Throughout the race, it gets dinged up a bit as you go. Um, it, it runs really smooth. I found it ran super smooth on the um, Series S, which yeah, I was okay. playing it on. Um, not super smooth for me mm-hmm. but uh so it must run smoother on the series s i've been playing it on the one x yep um and it's oh it's fine but it the i'm pretty sure it's running at 30 yeah yeah um but yeah so it didn't it didn't feel super nice to me especially like jumping straight out of forza horizon yeah uh, and then jumping into this as your next racing game you mm-hmm. can really feel it and the visuals are nice but they're not as nice as i expected a launch card game to look fair call but it, it is a cross-gen card game as well i guess we gotta look at it that's in, true in, from that perspective as well um again the music's true. like got a bunch of different stuff like you know power rock techno dance music you know all that stuff you know sort of expect in a car racing game Etc. But yeah, that that's really about it. We can. Oh, we we went online and did some multiplayer as well. Yes, we did. Uh, Which uh, probably not a good time to do it. What before it's out professionally, like fully, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we jumped on, did a did a race. We tried to play party games, but there was no one else to find a game with. We couldn't make a private match. Um, no, we couldn't. There was no other options. We did jump into a game with some randoms. We got put on two tracks. One was a quarry and one was like a snowstorm racetrack sort of thing. It, yep. It just took a bit to find a game. But again, the players probably aren't out there right now. So after proper yeah. launch, it all should it should be, you know, players obviously playing quite a bit. Of, yeah. I reckon we'll jump back in and try the party games and, you know, bigger races once the game is out, out. So yes. after the 10th sometime. Yeah, and we'll talk about that on our big next-gen wrap-up, which will be the next numbered Game Train episode. So it'll be, yes. thing, it'll be things like that that we'll be talking about on that as we have alluded to like stuff like oh yeah now the multiplayer servers full you know this is what it was like proper and etc etc but yes um anything else you'd like to add here carl um no i think we've covered it pretty well like you know like i said we haven't jumped in and given it all the hours we can and not because you know nothing against dirt it's just that we've had a lot of games to test all at the same time because there's so much coming out during uh launch season so we're trying to give each game its time and give it its due so we probably haven't seen as much of dirt as we could have but yeah. from what i've seen i'm i'm saddened to say as a dirt fan i'm a bit underwhelmed okay yep that's yeah that's a fair call that is a fair call um yeah for me personally like i do like the arcade so far i kind of wanted that extreme solve style of racing that you were talking I about know. i was kind of almost looking forward to it yeah <laughs> It's so nice to just get in there and like, you know, earphones or turn up the volume, block everything out. No one in your party chat, just you and the game. And like I'm talking, you know, just racing against the earth, Yeah. you know, and the different like surfaces. It's it's so nice. And doing up your car, choosing the right wheels, and really learning about what it does for suspension and turning. And yeah, it's its own little meta game within it. It's like Final Fantasy where you spend most of the time in the menus tweaking your characters. It no, feels like that to no, me. I play the games. Hmm. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So, this is the latest entry uh, in the Assassin's Creed franchise, uh, developed and published by Ubisoft. Um, this time, you play as the Viking Eivor, um, who has left their home of Norway to head across and settle in England, in old England town, Carl. Mm, just right down there, I see. Well done. Anyway, so this one was made by (laughs) the the same studio that did the um, Assassin's Creed Origins from a few years back. So they split their Assassin's Creed teams into two and they're sort of like alternating games. So we had Origins, then we had Odyssey, and now this one is made by the same team that did Origins. Yes, and I'm so glad it doesn't start with O and has three syllables. Well, they could have called it Assassin's Creed Odin. I know, but it would need three syllables to be super annoying because the, t- the amount of times I mixed up Origins and Odyssey is more times than I've mixed up Series X and 1X and Series S and 1S. That's yeah. a lie. Yeah, that's, that's right. But yeah, so yeah, this is the latest entry in the franchise. So we haven't had an Assassin's Creed game in two years now because it was um, 2018 when we had Odyssey released. So this is um, the newest one. The well, last, it was. The last one on current gen and the first one on new gen. Lo- much like... Black Flag was. This one is a cross-gen title. Yeah. And, yeah, so, um, kick us off, Carl. 
Well, you know, it's. I was really excited, firstly, that it was the team that made the um, the Origins Assassin's Creed. I loved Odyssey, and I had so much fun with it. The exploration was beautiful, but the actual uh, feelings and mechanics of, like, the fighting and the combat and all that, just the feel of the Origins game, I really loved. It was just a little bit more solid. Um, the movements were a bit more deliberate, mm-hmm. and it felt a bit closer to, say, like, uh, Witcher 3, or like you were saying, like, a, a Soul's Light. Yeah, you know, and you can tell they're really going for that. But everything just, it's still, you know, every enemy is not a, like a full challenge that's going to kill you, but you can't just walk into a, a group of, you know, 50 people and just wipe them out straight away early game. You still got to kind of think about your moves and you get pushed back and there's a little bit of staggering. There's some level of thought to it instead of just mashing the X button and you get through it, which I really like because yes. it'd be such a waste um, to waste all those really cool abilities that you get. And this yeah. kind of... These, this team made me use my abilities a lot more than the Odyssey team did. Okay, yeah. Well, you're talking about the combat and stuff, how it is like a Dark Souls light, where you have a dodge yeah. button, you have a heavy attack, you have a light attack, which we also had in Odyssey as well as Origins, etc. But the big change yeah. this time, or the big addition, is stamina bar. We've got a stamina bar now, which is very Souls-like yes. again. Again, like in the Souls-like games, every time you use a heavy attack, your stamina goes down. Every time you block or dodge, your stamina goes down, etc. So there is stamina management in the combat, which adds another little twist into the combat now. So you legit, yeah. you can't just mash heavy attack or... Which is weird for me. Yeah. I'm... I don't... I'm not used to this. I'm, I keep mashing whatever I want. I'm like, what? Why can't I dodge? You know, I just keep mashing dodge to just... And you just can't. You got to be careful. You got to think about your fights. And yeah. I've just run into a lot of trouble just running in like, I got this. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't have my training like you do. <laughs> That's true. And um, I know you changed the controls. I set mine up, just tweaked mine a little. I changed the dodge button to to be on the Xbox controller rather than X because I use B to dodge in Souls-like games. So it's already that muscle memory is sort of there for that sort of thing, which is really nice. I left everything else yeah. that is, but you did a big change up before your controls. Yes, yes, I did a big change up and I even took photos and screenshots to remember it because um, unfortunately for me, each time they've done these last three Assassin's Creeds, they've been trying to push it more to that Dark Souls feeling uh, mm. where attack is the trigger buttons and then your climbing is on the face buttons instead. Like classically, um, Assassin's Creed has always been hold the trigger and just run. And you'll just parkour and climb buildings and jump over and under things. And it's always been what it's... And to me, it's felt like it's... Uh, I've gotten used to over the years of thinking of Assassin's Creed like a racing game. So I pull the trigger like, you know, like your accelerator and just go. And he does it. Mm-hmm. So when they change that and suddenly that's... Like, it's just weird for me. So in the last two, they've had different defaults that can go back to what was like a classic mode or uh, alternate default. Yep. Whereas this one, there is no default at all there's just that one way because they're really trying to push that however they allow you to change every single button and remap it yourself but as soon as you remap one button you see little exclamation marks across the whole list saying this is going to interfere with this which interferes with this which interferes with this so then you're going to change those and it's like okay that's changed but now you can't do this at the same time as this and the tricky thing is you don't know what half of those moves are yet Mm -hmm. i don't have the smoke bomb i don't know what that is but they said smoke bombs this button as well as your something. I forget what it is, but I've got a button that's the same as smoke bomb. So when I get it, every time I try and use a smoke bomb, I'll use, I'll do like, I don't know, I'll dodge or I'll attack or something. So once those things are happening, I've been changing the controls as I go. And every time I do something weird and stupid, I go into the menu and go, right, how can I fix this? 
something as simple as bringing up the sail in my boat mm -hmm. was the same button as um, like default action. So when I, I pulled up to a, a port and I had to get out and raid and the little A button was there and it was like, just press A to pull up. And I was pressing A, but he kept bringing up the sail and bringing it back down and bring up the sail. I'm like, just get out of the boat. So things like that, uh, it's, which, which is you know funny for stream, but it's quite annoying for just having a way to switch to that classic controls that you're used to. Yeah. Uh, I think it's their polite way of just saying like, just shut up and learn it like we've designed it, yeah. which I should have, yeah. but I'm very stubborn. And now I've nailed it, I think. Nice. I'm really enjoying it. Well done. But yeah, that's one aspect that was a bit different. Um, so yeah, in in um, Origins and Odyssey, they had levels, right? So you get you, you do quests, um, kill guys, etc. You got levels, and then you get skill points, and then you get a little skill tree, and then you can go right. I want dual assassination. You can aim for that straight away in your skill tree and put your skills in. This time things are a bit different. Levels are gone. Yes. Instead, replaced with a thing called power, which is inferior level. Power is inferior level, right? Um, which is just, as, as you as you level up, you get extra power, etc. And as you put points into skills on that, your power level goes up. Um, for, yeah. for example, once you get out of starting area, you're about at level, what? Power level 10 to 15? Um, 28. 28, well done <laughs> you. Um, and then, yeah, you know, you go on from there and up and up. So I'm sitting on a power level 150 something at the moment. You yeah. 28 still? Oh, I'm thirty something. 30 yeah, something. remember I've done I've done two missions in England, so yeah. I've had a lot of time. Nice, you see. Um, but yeah, it looks like the um, power levels goes right up over three hundred. Looking at some of the zones on the map, etc., it tells you what sort of zone the yeah. It's like beware, this is two eighty, and you're like, yeah. whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the largest is definitely over three hundred. But yeah, so they've got this new power level system. But then also, rather than having that traditional skill tree. They've gone with a sphere grid model in that very much like Final Fantasy X, and we always go back to yes. this one. Um, oh, I love X. They nailed it. That's I, why. They did. Um, you start off in the middle of this whole grid of spheres, and you can't really see much around you. They're like constellations, and you start putting points in, yes. depending on what way you want to go, if you want to be more stealthy, more heavy, attacking more, um, archer-like, etc., for ranged combat. And then it expands and expands and expands as you go. So you can't actually see what skills you're actually working towards until you discover them on this grid, which makes it in terms yeah. of going for a particular skill like chain assassination, um, hard to do until you find that constellation on there. So you can't gun it for that. So you're doing a lot of experimenting too with your builds as you go, which I'm finding really nice because I always find myself yeah. gunning for a particular ability and I don't yeah. really look at everything around it. Yeah, you don't learn like so. And it's, it's true. And what I like about it is it's not just like blind chance. It's very beautifully designed in a way that it's like, right, if you want the double assassinate, you're going to assume it's towards the way that's the stealth stuff. Yeah. Because there's like brute fighting and then there's like range attacks and then stealth. So you're like, maybe it's this way, but there's still like three or four directions in stealth. So you still like... You're in the ballpark. You just head a different way and you're like, I haven't found it for a while. I'm going to try this other way. And when you get like three or four, so between every ability, there's um, like little things that are like a few more points to your attack or a few more points mm -hmm. to your stealth damage, little things that you can spend and you unlock, you know, two skill points at a time, four skill points, and you're just slowly working your way towards it. And um, they reveal the next ability when you're maybe two or three, sometimes four points away from it. Yeah. So you don't have to go all the way and waste your points. You can see it and go, 
I'm not that interested in that. I'm going to head around this way again. Mm -hmm. So it is a guessing game, but like fair, I think, and adventurous. And I like, I was just saying because of to what you said, it makes you sort of go like, all right, so I I think it's this way. And now I've gained three new abilities that I never would have, but I'm going to try them out and use them anyway. Yes, exactly. What they like. And then on top of that skill tree that we're talking about, there is also ability books, which is for your really powerful abilities, which are connected to the triggers and face buttons as well. Yeah, so, like attack ones. Yeah, and you you and again, you don't know what's going to be in the book until you pick it up. So there's these books scattered all across the world, and it's like, all right, oh cool, here's one here. Pick it up. Oh cool, it's a charge attack or it's an axe throwing attack, etc. Again, you start yep. experimenting because you can't gun for the abilities that you're chasing. Yeah, 100%. You use what you have. Love the one you're with. Yes. Thing. And then you just like, and sometimes you're like, ah, this sucks. And you use it a bit and you're like, ah, actually, that's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's, there's your traditional abilities that we've seen in Assassin's Creed, um, like, as I said, um, like charge attack, etc. But they've added new things. There's some really cool ones. Um, like, well, yeah, you can poison your weapon, you can set your weapon on fire and all that again, like you know, as, other Assassin's Creed, but then you can do other things. You can feign death for one of them, which is a yeah, really cool Yeah, so where you get that one. That's yeah. really cool. Yes. Very clever, very, like, creative. Yeah, yeah. So, again, it's very cool that you just drop dead on the ground and fake death and guards yeah. walk past you and stuff. So that's pretty and cool. I do, like, a bit more of the, the traditional, I got that, the, the harpoon, the scorpion harpoon. Oh, the scorpion harpoon, where you throw it at an enemy, it wedges in them, and then you can pull the enemy and throw them into another enemy and damage that enemy too. So it's really handy for yep. crowd control. Or if you choose to, you can pull them towards yourself Yeah. or into like a wall or something. It's yeah. very fun. It's very unrealistic, but silly fun. Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you know, combat is, is as we went through before, but of course you've got the Assassin's Blade back. You can stealth kill enemies as well. And there were, a lot of people complained about in um, Origins and Odyssey that you couldn't one hit every enemy in the game. With your assassin's blade, like assassinate everyone, um, you take yeah. off a bit of health off a big guy. Well, they've added a new thing in this one. You unlock a skill where it turns into almost like a, um, a um, QTE, like a, a quick time yeah, event, yeah, yeah. Quick where, time where, event. where you got to yes. hit the button at the right time to do the extra damage, and then you can drop your big brutes in a one-hit assassination, yes. yep. which is fantastic. It adds a bit of skill to it that you can't just running around one-hitting everyone. It, yeah. It's fantastic with that. You got to make sure you. What I love about that is like it's kind of got that element of the old Assassin's Creed games where you have to plan your assassination and you can't just creep out a bush and follow someone turning a corner mm-hmm. because you kind of have to concentrate. You got to make sure you got to watch his movements, make sure he's stopped for a bit, and somewhere you can finally approach him to make a calculated kill mm-hmm. because you need to do that timing thing. And this, the QTE event is like this. There's like a ring around you and then like a symbol that's slowly coming closer. And as it gets there, you just have to press attack within that. And it's it's fair, but you still got to concentrate a little bit, not just like willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, and also, um, to that thing that you were saying about the one-hit kills, there is an option as well. Did you see that one? Yes, Colin? I did. I did not turn it on, no. No, no, no. It's it's more like a... I believe it's more like a accessibility option for like... For people who want to say choose the mode that is uh, what they call story mode where... It's very little challenge in the combat. Someone just wants, is really interested in the story and exploring the big open world, which a player like me can totally understand. So Mm -hmm. say someone who doesn't play video games a lot, but loves Norse mythology or just wants to experience something like that or have fun 
you know, or, or a partner or someone else, you know, their partner got the Xbox one. This looks fun, but I don't really play games. Mm -hmm. So there's that easy mode, but then in the assassination, there's, there's like three different, like medium, easy, medium, hard modes. It's like, how mm. hard do you want the combat? How hard do you want this? How? Yeah. And then there's one for assassination that says, mm -hmm. you choose this if you want to be able to one hit every enemy, but there's a warning thing that says, please know that this is not how the game was designed or intended. Yeah. So it won't feel like the way we wanted it to. But if you want it, mm -hmm. there it is. Um, so let's talk a little bit about customization in the characters. So you play as Eivor, yes. as we mentioned, who is a, a Norse Viking. Um, you can choose whether you're a male or female Eivor in this one, much yes. like um, you could choose Cassandra or Alexios in um, Odyssey. But, um, with two huge differences. With two huge differences, yes. But this time they're actually just the same person, just either lady or man. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. but now we get actual customization. So what you can actually do is customize their hair color, their um, their hairstyle, and what tattoos they have on their bodies as well. Because Vikings had very prominent tattoos, etc. So that's really fun yeah. as well. So then your character and how beards. you and beards, of course. So I've gone for or the, no beard, which or, is weird. Or no beard on the man Viking, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, which is you yeah. should try that. No. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so I, I've gone with the redheaded Viking style. Um, Carl's gone, I don't know what style you've gone. I've gone dark brown, I think, at the moment. Oh, yes. I change a lot. I gotta get my hair did on Saturdays, so I just yeah, go yeah. down and get it done whenever. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, um, yeah, um, so that leads us into that customization. Next customization is the settlement. So, a big thing that Ubisoft promoted mm -hmm. leading up to the game is when you land in England. You, um, you, you settle in England and start this settlement off, which starts off as like a long house and um, a couple of huts, pretty much. And um, as you go out and raid other settlements, so you can choose to raid where you do a big sort of battle um, and, and take all their like gold and stuff, um, supplies, you can then start upgrading your, your settlement with new buildings. So you start adding a stables, a barracks, a brewery, and... Uh, a, yeah. a cartographer's place and all this, all these different buildings you start adding in. They all do different little things, like the stable. You can upgrade your horse. Um, you know, um, barracks. You can hire like um, a, a friend guard that hangs out with you and fights with you, or you can build a yeah, shipyard. That's cool. A shipyard to upgrade, like um, the like um, change the look of your boat, so you can customize the look of your boat. So you get all these choices on how and what order you want to make your settlement bigger and it's a key part of the game and it slowly levels up like your total um settlement levels up through six levels so mine's sitting on level four at the moment um nice are you one or two uh i'm the next one two so i guess two yeah i did three things yeah i yeah i got the assassins straight away yeah uh and stables yeah and I forgot what uh, what else. There was one more I had to get. Mm -hmm. I, I went straight for the map, and they're like, nah, dog. Yeah. Because you know how the bird sees it? And I was yeah. running around the tree. They just like, give me the map. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. But no, so I was forced to try something else, and I don't remember what it was. Fair enough. But the Assassin's one was very interesting. It was, but we're not going to go into it, because we want to stay away from spoilers. We do. I do want to say that uh, this feels creatively... And uh, nostalgically, a lot more like an Assassin's Creed game for the fans of the new and the old ones, which I think is very important to say. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a bit about the world. Um, so... Ooh, sorry, oh, sorry, before you move on, 
just before you move on, while we're talking about the uh, um, male and female, the two differences I wanted to say is that you can switch any time in the game. It was very important in Odyssey to make the right choice at the start because that was your character forever. Cassandra. And if, yep, Cassandra is the correct choice. Yes. If you're playing as Alexios, I don't care how many hours you're in, stop it, delete your save, and play the game better. Much better. It's Cassandra, it's Femshep, all the way. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so in this, if you happen to not like the voice acting or the way it's animated, or you're just not feeling it, or you want to try what a beard looks like, or you want to see how badass a girl looks like with a huge bear hoodie or something, you can just go and change it at any time between sexes. And the yeah. second thing that's weird is you can just let them choose. Yes. Which we don't fully understand yet. Yes. Do you? Do you understand yet? No. Are you just not telling me because of spoilers or do you not understand I'm yet? not saying a word. Cool. I, I actually, I still, right. I, I still don't know. So you can let the game, well, you can let the game decide for you, um, but we don't really well, it, understand that yet. It's the very starting, so it's not a, it's not yeah. a spoiler. It's literally the menu screen, but it's, yeah. it's, it's called letting the animus decide. So it says, yeah. do you want to be male, female, or do you want to let the animus decide? Yeah. And we did that first. We both went with that, and uh, we did. You started as the girl when you clicked that. Yeah, I started as Shivo. Yeah. So did I. So. Yeah. I wasn't sure whether it, it's something to do within the game or whether they just, it's for people who are indecisive and when I don't care, just pick the middle one, pick yeah. someone for me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. playing, oh, anyway, you can I'm playing, playing as Hevor now, which is what we've nicknamed the male version of Evil. Yes. <laughs> so we've got Shivor oh, and Hevor, <laughs> which is great stuff. But yeah, so let's talk about the world. So you start off, um, yeah, well, let's talk about the world of Odyssey first, right? So Odyssey was a beautiful, massive, massive world in the Greek islands, right? Mm. But it was a bit too big. It got a bit. Was. It got a bit too big as you're nearing the end of the game. You're like, wow, this is just stupidly big. It was fun at first going, oh my gosh, there's so much to explore out there. But then uh, after 80 hours, you're like, Oh, come on. There still can't be another hey, 10 man. islands here that I haven't <laughs> even set foot on yet, you know. Well, this one yeah. this one is set between Norway and England back in the Viking yep. age, right? Um, around the time when the Vikings started settling in England, etc., as we went through before. And um, it, the world feels a lot smaller in terms of, like, map size and stuff. Just looking at it and going, right, it does feel smaller. It doesn't have that huge ocean mass that Odyssey had all between the islands and that. But I think it's a good mm. thing because yeah, there, was, definitely. there was a big thing of Odyssey about the bloat of the game where there was just shit everywhere. Every place you went to, there was more treasure and things that did bugger all at the end of the day. Um, yeah. It got very tiresome. Well, this time it feels like it's more of a condensed map and Ubisoft has designed, it feels like just about every little treasure around the map as a miniature little puzzle. Yes, it is. And it's all so fun. I always think, oh, there's a little dot here. I'm just going to go grab this thing. And I'm like, wait, how do I get that? How come it's here? And then you figure it out. And you're like, ah, yes. And those moments are just yeah. throughout. Hey. Yeah. So, so some are simple. Like you got to go like find a well nearby and jump down the well and go through a tunnel and come up the other side. Other ones, you got to shoot your arrow through a window of a house, hit the lock off a door. Hello, Far Cry. Um, <laughs> you know, um, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, they, they get it, some get a bit more complex of moving things around, but each sort of little treasure on the map adds something and you get a little, um, counter down the bottom of the screen of each region in the game of what treasures are in that region. So you, it's like a little checklist down the bottom. 
and yeah, yeah which it, i just love that which is fantastic sort of stuff while odyssey each region had yeah stuff but it was just freaking everywhere it was all over the place um and it was way too much this feels like it's more condensed and that each thing has been placed rather than someone just going yay treasures they've gone right we're gonna make a treasure here but you're gonna go up over this hill you gotta find the mine you're gonna go down through the mine you gotta break open the thing to get out the yeah. other side and find and that I treasure the, have you seen the um they leave if you're not smart enough or you're just not clicking or something they sometimes even leave little notes mm-hmm. and they're like stories but they like one note i read was like aha they will never find the treasure that i left if they want to get it they will have to walk through fire and i'm like Ooh, fire okay it's something to do with fire because it's like locked in a house and there's no windows yeah and there's no way in but right at the top in a bit you can't get through there's a little hay bale and then somewhere else in the back corner of the house there's a small fireplace so you got to take your bow and arrow you got to walk up to that fireplace light the arrow on fire walk around the whole house shoot the hay bale and then wait for it to burn down the wall on the inside of the house and then you can get it and it's just one little bit of copper or something but it's like it feels so accomplished. Like when you yeah. do it, you're like, yeah, yeah, I nailed that. Thank you. Yeah, it's re- it's really nice. And like, I, like that. I think it's good that they've done the regions of Norway and England because it gives you that vast contrast the snowy, huge hills and mountains of Norway compared to London, which London's not really a mountainous. Oh, London, England is not really a mountainous place. Mm. It, it, it's your it's your rolling green hills, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of cool. They give you that nice contrast, so you can go between the two. Um, if you're exploring that. So you have that difference of feel of environment, et cetera, as well. Because a good thing about Odyssey was because it was in the Greek islands, they could go nuts in terms of like biomes around the different islands, et cetera. Um, So this time they've done the smart move and gone, right, we're going to do Norway and England. So then we get that um, difference in terms of just how the land is and how the land looks and feels, et cetera, et cetera, which is fantastic. I want to say about uh, about the environments, when you were talking about Odyssey, and it's, I feel like they've taken a lot out of this. You had this huge world, mm-hmm. and it was awesome fun, and I spent hours and hours, hundreds of hours in it. Yeah. But I feel like towards the end there, I had the most fun when they did the DLC, and mm-hmm. you could jump into that map and switch between the three regions, and they weren't overwhelming. They were all beautiful, and like you said, refreshing to jump between and go like, oh, I've got a few missions left here. Mm-hmm. I can go back to this one. And you had those three giant play areas but they were kind of like levels regions or sections and this feels like it's taken it straight from that dlc model instead of that giant you know giant playground of just empty air oh look um i'm not gonna lie there's still massive areas in this game it's not a small map at all and there's more to come yes and there's and there's more to come so like um as there's dlc coming off ireland and paris so yes uh that's pretty exciting stuff too i can't wait to see that stuff yeah Yeah. it makes me normally i'm against knowing about dlc on the day of launch yes you know i'm just like come on let us play this and then tell us about dlc later but knowing about this dlc gets me excited to explore everything i have now yes and knowing in my head that it's like like i won't think oh man i'm just kind of gonna have this snow area and this grassy hills and then once i've done all that then that's kind of the end of that. But I kind of have like this thing to look forward to. So I know to spend more time in here knowing that I've got heaps to do later. Yeah, exactly. Well, we knew Atlantis was coming when Odyssey released. So they said straight up. 
Yes. I guess we didn't know it would be an entire three regions that they were going to give us. No, I thought it was just Atlantis. Yeah. I got way more than I thought I would. Yes. Which was really cool. Yes. Um, so how have you found the voice acting this? Because I know we both had a big issue of Alexios's voice actor in Odyssey, um, but we yep. loved Cassandra. How have you found the two Eivors? Uh, I am. I do lean a lot more towards the male actor in this one, and his uh, his voice acting. However, having said that, um, the female Eivor is actually she has a really charming demeanor, and I do like her a lot. So I think either way, they're both really entertaining. She's very. I find she's quite. Um, there's something charming and cheeky about her when she's being humorous, like in in moments of sarcasm or when they're doing like the flighting, yeah, which is like the freestyle rhyme mm-hmm. battles that they have in the game. There's something about female Eivor that I've really enjoyed. So I find myself when I'm about to go to a flighting mission, I switch back to her. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I've done yeah. that three times now because his is a bit <clears throat> awkward where she is very comfortable. She's like, I feel like she must have been like in my head. Like I, I think too far outside the box, I guess, because I've done a lot of recording myself. But I picture the actor and I feel like she was a lot more maybe familiar with the people in the booth. And she's just like kind of very friendly sounding and relaxed. And she sounds angry when she's fighting. But her serious acting is not as in character as I feel the male actors is. So I really like him for most of the story. And he really takes that, that role very seriously. And his accent's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I felt... How about you? I felt male Eivor, or Eivor as we'll call him, uh, has more yeah. of a calm demeanor to his voice and the way he talks. I found Shivor has more of an aggressive feel to the way she... She is aggressive a lot, yeah. She talks. It, it's, it's interesting, even though it's the same character you're playing, just the two different voice actors and how they portrayed the actor. Uh, the character, just the way it comes across. Yeah, I would love to know how much has changed from the other actors. Like, um, you know how your brother, what's his name? Sigurd. 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 Yeah. Um, I I never click and I never quite remember if, because you, you say to him like, Sigurd, brother. But does he say it back to you? And if so, does he switch it to sister? Yes. When you're Shivo, like... I don't know. I don't. I don't uh, know if I've heard him say it. I um, think he does. See, I'm not sure because I don't know if they've strategized it that it's only ever coming from you, the actor. Uh. So that when, like, maybe maybe it's only ever female Ivor or or the male one saying like brother, and then she could be like brother, you know, same, mm-hmm. and the script can be the same, but no one ever says it to her. I'm not sure. I haven't really yeah. taken note if there's much of a change in that. Yeah, um, and I felt it. I feel it's a bit weird being a female in this because I think back in those times there were such like masculine. Look, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you because there were shield maidens in the Vikings' times. It does make yeah, sense. But they, had a, they had a different role. All I'm saying is that I, I, I accept the role, but I wish that they would mention it mm. or like acknowledge the fact that she's a powerful, like wonderful female in this role. That she's like, this is really cool. Yeah. It feels a bit weird to me that they don't acknowledge anything about it. It's like, it's mm. cool and it's, I don't know, there's something that takes me out of it there. I'm like, guys, are you not seeing this badass woman? And they're like, sup, hey. Yeah. You just like rule the whole place and you killed everyone and like you're the boss of all of us giant men who are like three times, but no one's saying anything about it. Like, guys, I'm pretty sure this is the most strongest woman in the whole world. <laughs> you guys, it's like, morning. Yeah. Like, you know, whereas him, it's like he fits in a lot more and he's a bit more. Like, uh, you know, he becomes powerful and all that kind of thing. But you can see him as an everyday other person who, who is, like, working towards, you know, 
his power and getting respected, but mm-hmm. you could see it as he'd walk past me like, oh yeah, just another Viking, what's up? Yeah. But she's like, I don't know, to me, she looks too powerful to be just another person at the start there. I'm like, she just looks too badass. Fair enough. Um, so let's talk about some of the gear in the game as well, right? So, yes. and how gear works in this. So this time it's really cool. Again, we talked about the bloat of Odyssey. A big thing in Odyssey, every time you go on a camp and kill everyone, you walk out of there and you've got another t- 10 pieces of armor, you've got another 10 weapons, you've got this, that, and the other, and you're like, the hell yes. do I do this? Most of it, you just break down, sell, whatever. This time I like yes. what they've done with the gear, and there's there's not a gear bloat. There's only a certain amount of gear pieces in the whole game that you find as you go along in treasure chests and stuff, or, or completing a mission being given things, right? Um, yeah. And this time, yeah, so you, you have a lot less bloat in terms of your inventory management. And then each piece of gear, you can um, upgrade a certain amount of times using materials. And then you can enhance it at the blacksmith in town using other um, materials, which adds even more upgrade slots to it. And also these new items called runes, which you can then yes. slot into these weapons and things to give them extra enhancements like extra attack or and things like that. Bit more health, bit more stealth attack. Yeah, bit more and attack. I really like what they've done with that this time. And and all the gear yep. is split into sets, so you can have uh, a full gear set and get a nice bonus, or you can mix and match. Yeah, and it's not the cool thing about the sets is it sets within um, family. So there's the bear, the raven, and the wolf. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have like these exact five items like you did in The Witcher Three. And you had to search around the whole world to get the the armor that matches with those arms that matches with those legs. Like this is like, oh, anything within the Raven family. Yeah, correct. So any of the Raven hats or helmets that match with the Ra- any other Raven boots, however many different kinds. If you have all five, that counts as having a whole set. Yeah. Which I think is a really cool way to do it and make it a lot more accessible to get those bonuses, which feel, felt like just the most rarest and hardest thing to get in most games where you have to match all five yep yep indeed um so let's talk about um different things in the world you can do you mentioned flighting before which is like the rap battles yes. and things like that which is very cool which is like a to and throw giving insults at each other with rhyming and and all that which i'm sure you yeah. love you sit there i bet you I sit, love rhyme I, I, and I, syllable i bet you sit there and in your head and you go i bet i could write a better one than this <laughs> yeah, do you, have you even. done that yet have you done that like just just muttered to yourself just an awesome line going that would freaking kill it i would nail it right there yeah. we i should do that on stream yeah. i would embarrass myself though i know yeah. i would yeah i'd try and do it. um but like writer or singer or not i mostly liked it because of the monkey island three throwback mm-hmm. they've, they've had it in monkey island since part one yeah where they uh, call it insult sword fighting and it's been a very well-known popular part of the monkey island franchise but in part three in particular they changed it so that the line had to rhyme ah it was was awesome and it was hilarious some of those if you just like youtube you insult sword fighting monkey island three there are some brilliant funny lines in it and i'm hoping i'm hoping for some references because there was a monkey island reference in like random games like in the witcher Mm -hmm. there was a character in there that just like they called Gabra Streetwood in a, in a weird, funny way. So I'm hoping for a line from there, something like, I am rubber, you are glue, mm. or uh, that's funny, that's appropriate, you fight like a cow. 
Those yeah. are two famous lines, and I'm hoping to see them in this game somewhere. Um, sorry, I just want to go back to gear just quickly. I just remembered something. Yes. Shields have made a return. Yes, of course. <laughs> we forgot to mention the shields because that was one of the things we were so excited leading into this That's game. A huge thing that, and another reason we liked the uh, Origins team. Yeah, you know, like, I, the, I still I'm, don't know why they took that out of Odyssey. They did not have shields, I, they, even though you're a Spartan, and they came up with so much shield formation with their Spartan armies, etc. It was a huge part of that, and there was no shields in the game. It was the most bizarre yeah. thing, most bizarre yep. thing. So yeah, we've got shields back. You can dual wield um, axes or swords or shields if you want, just for something hilarious. Which is actually really fun. Have you tried it for a while? No, I haven't. No. I, I, Please I... try, but don't don't dual wield it with the big heavy shield. Do two light ones. Okay. And it's actually it's really cool. Do it in a group, like if you're fighting a group of people. It's not very good one on one. Yeah. But as a group. He does very specific dual-wielding shields attacks. Okay. I might have to have a look. Yeah. I, that's one thing I haven't done. I've played over it's 50 really cool, hours man. of the game. Bro, I did it for a laugh. And then I'm like, oh my God. Um, this is vile. Yeah. So, yeah, we're stoked that that's back. And, yeah, you can dual-wield axes, yes. which is cool, which is yes. fantastic stuff. I'm uh, rocking an axe and a hammer at the moment. What oh, nice. Doing? Oh, I've got an axe and a shield, or I switched to a nice two-hander. I've got this beautiful golden axe. I'm like, we've got the golden axe, and we've got this big golden two. Axe. Yeah, we've got this big two-handed golden axe, and it's been a lot oh, of fun geez. running around with that. Um, so let's, yeah, we'll go back to the activities of the world, and we'll go through these real quick. So uh, we've got the flighting. There's a dice game, which is fantastic. I love this dice game. Oh, how good is that um, dice game? We won't go through all the rules, but um, it's very addictive. It's very fun, and there's a lot of strategy behind it, and it's not very hard to pick up. As soon as they went dice, I went, oh no, I'm stuffed here. But yeah. But then I, I went through the tutorial of the dice game and I'm like, by the end of it, I was like, I get this and I've already got strategies worked out for this game. Hell yes, I love this. So oh, I love it that you can strategize and you can get your own play style. Yeah, rather than just random or whatever and, and stuff like that. So it's really, really cool. Um, yep. Also, there's also random other activities in the world. There's um, the little pieces of paper flying around at back. Those that played Black Flag would know it from the shanties. I hate yes. these things. They annoy the shit yes. out of me. I, every time I see one pop up, I'm like, oh, God, here we go again, folks. Um, yeah. You know, um, what else? We've got, like, um, the traditional line up the lines around some stones and things to make an image. Yes, and, and we got the cans. Yes, oh, the, the stacking of the stones. How did you go up the stacking of the stones, by the way? Yeah, I went really well. Well, I just... Um, it's just that once I did it, I went above, there's like an invisible disc mm. line that you have to, um, pass and I passed it and I walked away and nothing happened. And I was, I remember I was on stream at the time and I thought, well, that didn't feel really good. And then I went back in and looked at it and like wobbled it around a bit and then moved back and it was like, but down, you finished it skill points. I'm like, that's better. Okay. That yeah. feels better. Um, there's but these, they um, are finicky. Yeah. There's this other cool one with these door, like you have these mushrooms, you get like into this trance, and then there's all I these, got a mushroom, yeah. Uh, you go on these doors, and you got to, and each one is different. That you got to figure out what the puzzle is to tell you the order of the doors to go into. I'm not going to say what they are, but they're all very different, and they're very freaking cool. I'm just Dang. just working out the order of the doors to go into. Um, what else is there? I'm trying to think. Um, there are, there are, oh, there's, um, legendary hunts are back as well. So you go fight big, ferocious animals, which are, you know, fun fights. Yes. 
And I went back for that freaking deer. Yeah. And yeah, and there's a there's right. a lot of other things that we won't go in because of spoilers and things. So we'll Yeah, there's a there's a lot in there without yes. forcing it. Like it's not bloat. Mm-hmm. And there's even things that you, if you don't enjoy it, it's totally missable. Like Yes. But the, like there there are some very hard fights in this too. Even when you're the same power level as the enemy, there is some yes. damn hard fights, folks. So don't just think it's just arcade fighting the whole way. There is legit strat like um, Dark Souls light, but not super light, but like, you know, it's at that, almost at that Dark Souls level on a couple of yeah. the fights. So you're like, oof, yep. wow. Okay, it's this is going to test me. So yeah, um, but in saying all that, I think that about covers everything at the moment without hitting spoilers and, and all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, I think so. Like, and we covered a lot. And just knowing that there's a lot more, I think is really exciting for anyone who's interested in jumping into this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I look. I recommend this for for people that like Assassin's Creed or just want a nice, fun, big open world game, um, as yep. well. I think it suits both. Yes, very tweakable. Like I said, in that in that difficulty thing, you can do something. You can really cater it for what you feel like. So that's why this game I feel is so recommendable to kind of anyone who likes any kind of open world. Like I like the thing where you can make the fights as challenging as you want. But then you can make exploration easy by saying, show me everything on the map, you know, instead of, or you can make the fights easy because say you want to just explore, you can make the fights really easy. And then you can say like, don't show me anything and make it so that I have to speak to people and talk to the locals and they have to give me directions and I have to discover things on my own on the map, like really tweakable. It's not just easy, medium, hard. You can like really get in there and make it your game. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Fantastic. Um, before we wrap this up, anything else you'd like to add or you think you've uh, said your piece? I've said my piece and I'm ready to go play. Astro's Playroom is developed by Osabi Team and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, it is the follow-up to um, Astrobot, which came out on PlayStation VR a couple of years ago. Yes. Uh, which yep. is almost um, Sony's new little mascot they've got running there. But this time, it is a free tech demo that comes on every PlayStation 5. Now, by tech demo, I don't mean it's just a tech demo. It, it is a game, but this is what they've done it as. A free install on every PlayStation 5, so you can test out all the cool new controller features. Yes, um, and even just look at how the next gen looks and how it feels, even outside of the controller, just the actual movement. Um, and what I love about it, which I think every next-gen console should have done, <clears throat> Xbox, is that there's a game to play while you're downloading and uploading and doing all that kind of thing on that first day you get it. It's mm-hmm. there installed and ready to play. Yeah. I think that's, like, first and foremost, one of the best things, which um, back in the day when we had inbuilt games, you know, like uh, Alex Kidd and whatnot, the oh. value wasn't as strong. Yeah. Because, I mean, games were immediate anyway. You'd plug them straight into your console and you could start. But the value of this... Because everyone knows when you get home with the new console, you can just write that day off. At least the morning and the afternoon. Just like forget about playing till that evening. Mm-hmm. Because you have to at least download something or like shift all your hard drives. But this is like, it's so fun. And I think they knew what they were doing because even if you don't want to, you're like, oh, I might as well. And then you go in and you're just like won over by the charm and it explains everything like what's inside the PlayStation in such a fun way. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, pretty much it's a 3D platformer in the style of, like, Mario and all that. 
plays a little Astro Bot on his little journey. It's Carl mentioned through the PlayStation 5. So all the worlds in this game, and there are four worlds, they're all themed after something to do with inside the PlayStation 5. We've got yes. um, GPU Jungle, which is like a take on the graphics processing unit. We've got Cooling Springs, which is to do with obviously the cooling of the uh, um, PlayStation. My favorite name is the next one, SSD Speedway, promoting that fast SSD. Oh, and um, of course, Memory Meadow, talking about memory on the uh, on the yep. PlayStation Five there. So, um, and, and these are beautifully crafted little worlds with all these little themes popping in throughout. So it's not like you're in a graphics processing unit; you're in a jungle, but they call it GPU jungle and and all this sort of thing. Yeah. And there's all hints towards what a processing unit would look like if it were a jungle, and all the bits of grass are like little pieces of like computer cable and yes yeah. it's, it's so brilliant and there's like sockets in the wall and bits of the controller that you climb on like triggers and buttons yeah like giant sized yeah and you go climbing up things like memory cards and things like this and swinging around different parts of like the processing units and and etc so yeah you, you know the controls are pretty simple you've got a, a movement button a jump button a punch sort of button but then you get other little power-ups in the level two. You get little costumes, which then start showing off different things to do with the control. A lot to do with the motion controlling. So one, you get into a ball and you have to use the motion controls to move the ball, etc. Um, yeah. Another one, you're a frog and you've got to, again, use motion controls to use the frog. But also, it's also using the triggers a lot too with the haptic feedback. And that all changes depending on what you are doing, like how strong yep. the triggers are, um, etc. Yeah, and the uh, adaptable triggers. So yeah, it's a, it's it, you know it's it's not the longest game. It's it's about two hours long. I got through it all today. Yeah. Um, but then you know you can go and hundred percent everything. So I did hundred percent everything. So there's collectibles in each level, puzzle pieces, and artifacts. The artifacts are really fun. Yeah. They're old PlayStation memorabilia. So it'll be like a memory card or an old controller or. Or like the four-player adapter that they had on the PlayStation Two, and and all this, yep. all these classic old PlayStation things that you go, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and weird things that like the one on the, the PS Two that made you able to connect to the internet, so you could play multiplayer games, and just weird dumb things that just look—they're not special. They don't make them golden or shiny. It's just the actual part, and you look at it, and like the model numbers written on the back, and. It, like and to to look at the actual floating model, you got to move the controller around. Yeah. Um, and also the um, throughout the little levels, there's a lot of tiny scenes of little tiny other Astrobot characters dressed up as different scenes from many different PlayStation games throughout. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you've got your little like even third party games, which I thought was really nice to see. So you've got like Monster Hunter there, and there's like Crash Bandicoot in there somewhere. And yeah, there was got, Final like, Fantasy Seven. Uh, Cloud oh, Sword. there was the seven? Yeah, Cloud Sword is there. That's so great. I love all those, like, just little throwbacks and references. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. It's very cleverly done and, like, just really charming. It's it's not, like, because it is what it is and it's a tech demo and it's to celebrate PlayStation, it's not just, like, techie and uh, explaining things and teaching you. No. It's kind of like a really fun adventure down memory lane and looking into the future but in a way that's, like, um, you know in a way that's sort of entertaining for everyone it doesn't matter what age you are it's a very easy game it you're just collecting things yeah the, the challenge isn't very difficult but it's just fun to do and mostly just to feel 
that controller and what that little jump into the new generation feels like. Yeah, look, I think it was a great taste of what the PlayStation controller can do, etc. And it, it runs beautiful as well. Obviously, no loading screens coming off the uh, SSD that we're starting to become accustomed to now. Um, but yeah, um, you know, to collect everything, probably take you about four hours all up to full, like 100% yeah. platinum it. I know several people that have platinum it so far, and it's, yeah, it's about four hours to do that, which is really nice, nice as well. Another introductory into the trophy system, etc. And there's also a speedrunning area with leaderboards that you can do, so you can go through the levels in a speedrun style, compete against other players, etc. for fastest times. But yeah, that, that's oh, pretty, nice. pretty much the gist of this game, which I think it's great that they had it for free installed. As you said, it's like a throwback to the old days of Alex Kidd, etc. being pre-installed. Yeah. I, I don't know why this sort of stuff isn't around more now. I hope when we get to the gen after this, gen, you know, PlayStation 6, Xbox, XS, or whatever the hell they want to call it over there. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that we see these games come back. I think we'll see Astrobot again on the next gen. It feels like their mascot to show off tech hardware, much like the VR yeah. system and much like this yeah. now as well. I think it's their, their little mascot. They've finally got one, it feels. Yeah, he's brilliant in that way. And it's not serious. It's tongue in cheek. Like it's, it's fun and you can kind of do anything you want with them. You can do serious big boss battles and you can do like fun, silly mini games. He's, he's very malleable. I think it's a great, and he's all ages, you yeah. know, he's not offensive to anyone. Yeah. He's not. And it's so brilliant because I, we keep saying he, but it's not a boy or a girl. It could be anyone and anything. Yeah. It's very clever. Yeah. It's a, it's a really nice little mascot they've got for themselves there. And, um, I think they've done well with that concept, et cetera. And I hope they do keep it going. But any last thoughts on Astrobot? No, I think that's that's about it. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Cool. That was really straightforward. Really straightforward stuff, which it is. Um, but folks, if you do have a PlayStation 5, make sure you check this out. Don't sleep on it because uh, don't think, oh, I just won't play that because I'm not really interested. Go have a look because it does show you lots of things like the gentle rumble in the controller and it was doing rumble through the triggers as well, which I thought was really cool as well. Just little yeah. subtle things like that, which was fantastic stuff. I'm Callan Davison and joining me is actually not Carl for a change. It is Andrew Kalgar Natoli. How are you, Kalgar? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. So yes, we uh, don't have our normal co-host of Carl here tonight. But in, so we don't have Carl, but instead we've got you and we're going to talk about Demon Souls. Yes. Demon Souls yes. Remake. But before that, I actually wanted to just get some of your thoughts on the PlayStation 5 because you are also an owner of one here. Um, yeah, you know, sure. give, uh, give us your 30 seconds of thoughts on the machine so far. Yeah, sure. So I haven't had a huge amount of time with it just because life, everything landed on the one weekend. Mm -hmm. um, but a few things I particularly appreciated was um, when I got to do the, the console setup that it let me put a disc in and start installing the game while I was still doing the setup. Yep. Save you that little bit of time. That was really cool. I accidentally turned on the screen reader function during that setup as well. Um, okay. But I appreciated that because, you know, accessibility options for people. Yep. Um, and that it's doable during that setup process. So, mm -hmm. like, I don't know how I did it. I think I might have just hit the wrong button somewhere, but the fact that it's there is great. Yep. Um, and I mean, I like the general UI. I love, I like the controller, though I still prefer the comfort of the Xbox One, but, yep. you know, you work with what you've got. And um, I mean, the whole thing just feels really snappy. The load times on, I mean, on the one game I've played, load times has been amazing. Yep. Um, the whole UI just feels a bit cleaner than 
pass ones, the fact that you've got the instant reload mm -hmm. of like weird checkpointy things. So if I accidentally reloaded the wrong checkpoint when I tried to load up Demon Souls. Yep. But I kept a snapshot of a different level where I was earlier in the game. I'm just like, what? Okay, this is cool. Yeah, nice. So, nice. Well, let's roll into our chat uh, on the old Demon Souls here. So um, I clicked the wrong button there. Sick. Wait, there womp we go. Womp. Uh, and I've clicked the wrong one again, and we're there. There we go. All right, cool. We're all over the place here, folks. It's all good. It's okay. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday. You know, we're, we're all pretty tired after uh, the weekend of gaming um, and all that. So let's get into it. So, Demon Souls uh, remake is developed by uh, Blue Point Games and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, it is a remake, as I said, of the original, which came out in two thousand nine, which was developed by from software on the PlayStation 3. So when they first announced this remake was coming and you've played the original Demon Souls on the PlayStation 3, how, yeah. did, how did you feel that this was being remade for starters? Uh, well, my first thought was yes, please. <laughs> Mainly because I'd love to have played it again. When I played it originally, and I always say this, is that the best time to play a Souls game is within the first few months of release because yep. everyone's online, everyone's helping each other with the random messages stuff. You've yep. got all the um, fun blood pools of other people who've died so you can watch how they died in stupid and, and hilarious ways. Mm -hmm. But when you do that really late in the life cycle, you don't get any of that. Yes. Because people aren't playing, so you don't get that situation. So I was fairly alone for most of Demon Souls uh, the first time I played the the original, because it wasn't it wasn't after they it was still before they turned the servers off, but there just were significantly fewer people playing, so it was like I get the opportunity to experience it as as close to its initial launch window form as possible. Yep. Mm -hmm. This time around. Yep. Um, so yeah, I know I know what you mean because I went back and played Dark Souls two recently. And of course, that's year, <laughs> yep. years old now. Um, so it was a bit, yeah, strange. I don't think I got invaded by randoms at all or any of that sort of fun stuff that happens uh, yeah. along the way. So Dark Souls 2, as far as I can tell, like the older Souls games now are kind of in a holding pattern of people who, people will invade, but not necessarily. A lot of the time it's like fight clubs. So it's like you'll go in there and people will have set up rooms and you go like Reddit or whatever to find where they've set that up and you can go in and do PvP. But it's more like, I've set up a room specifically for PvP. Let's go bash each other rather yeah. than randoms invading. So yeah, so um, it's well, a completely different experience. With the original, what were some of your original thoughts when you first played it? Was it your first Souls game you ever played, or did you play oh, no. Dark Souls? No, okay. <laughs> I played Dark Souls first. Yeah, right. um, I think I played Dark Souls. I eventually finished Dark Souls just through sheer blockheadedness and refusing to give up on it, mm -hmm. which is the same case for everyone's first Souls game. Really, let's be honest. Yeah um i played another one or two of them I, th I think i played two and probably bloodborne uh no i think i played sorry i'm getting a bit tired here i think i did play demon souls before i played bloodborne but i didn't finish it before i played bloodborne because yeah. it was i found it to be the hardest one um, right. purely due to age and being a little bit jankier because it was their first game of his style yeah. So, you know, you get kind of that refinement that you, you're used to things being slightly faster, a bit cleaner. You go back and play this thing. It's more obtuse. There's less help. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Mm. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. For me, I never played the original. So when this was announced, I got very excited because I was like, oh, because yeah. I'd been thinking about playing the original 
And I saw the remake was coming along. I'm waiting for that remake. I'm not going the old jank. I'm going to play this slick yeah. new version. So uh, I was really excited when they did announce this on one of those PlayStation specials. And I was even more excited when they announced it as a launch title because I'm like, cool. What a great launch yeah. title to have on the PS5. So um, I was pretty excited about that. So yeah, so jumping into it, I didn't know much about how this one worked compared to Dark Souls, etc. And straight up, I noticed some differences straight away. In, oh yeah. In the um, in the other Dark Souls games, Bloodborne, Sekiro, it's kind of like this, not an open world as such, but it's a world that's all connected in terms of how would you explain it? It's um, um, almost like hub areas. Uh... Yeah, just kind of like hub areas that kind of connect and fold back on each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, with really clever yeah. sort of game design, sort of linking it all together, that you'll come back and you go, oh, wow, how did I get back here again? And and things like that. I thought it was um, thought some great stuff. So this one, what they did in this original one, they had a hub area, the Nexus, but each area is split into mini areas that are only connected to themselves. So not everything is intertwined like the Dark Souls games have been since which i thought was quite jarring at first um but yeah um it was interesting sort of kicking off like that there um there's five different worlds through things called arch stones and you sort of just go in them teleport to the area and off you go on your way um they're all slightly harder and etc as you go up the different arch stones and then you go back to old ones as you go along and stuff but um, first up, the first thing I noticed was actually when I started playing this was how beautiful the game looked. Oh, it's it's definitely the, um, I mean, uh, full disclosure, I haven't played any of the other PS5 games yet. Like, I just haven't had the time for it. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, it was definitely a benchmark for, okay, I am now playing a new gen game. Like, that leap between PS4 and PS5 fidelity was just, and I mean, I'm a PC master race kind of guy I, I play a lot of pc stuff but my like so it was one of these it's like hey i'm playing a souls game and i would be expecting to see this on pc not on a console yeah it, so and um also the movement as well feels really slick and precise as well there's not really any jank in the movement etc which you yeah know, we have a respectable frame rate yeah exactly you bloodborne um 30 frames actually <laughs> something great that they did the makers of um the blue point that made this um remake did was take a lot of the original source code and translate it across into this yeah. and obviously updated some things along the way and that but like old enemy ai and things like that they've kept in there um obviously the level design oh, yeah all the some same. of the ai is still a bit <laughs> oh yeah some of the ai is a bit funny i've got i mean some nice souls examples. you learn Souls games, you learn to abuse the AI holes anyway, so it's kind of that faithful bit there. But yeah. some things have changed in gameplay as well. So. Um, so you played the original, as we said. Have you noticed any differences at all between the two, other than the graphics, of course, and the feel? Uh, I mean, animations for, for starters, like your yep. backstab and parry animations, are much more brutal and cool now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like um, you would normally just. Uh, you're used to like a Dark Souls animation. You get behind someone, you just get a good stab in someone's back or something like that. This time you might get a bit more. Like if I I got a backstab on someone with a club one-handed in the remake and you swipe their legs from below, knock them over and then just smack them in the back of the head with a thing. And it's like, that is 
that's intense. Nice. Um, Normally, you just kind of get a smack in the back in, in the older ones. Like, it's a longer animation, but it's much more satisfying. I, think. I noticed they got quite an in-depth character creator as well, which was really cool to see. There's lots of different options, different faces, textures, and all that, which was quite fun. And then, of course, they've brought back to thing how you choose the starting class. Even though it doesn't yeah. really have any impact on the game, it, it still makes me nervous at the start, though, when I start like that, if that makes <laughs> sense. I'm like, am I making the right goddamn decision here? I mean, um, it always it just changes how you start, right? Like, yeah. in my case, I usually just pick, like, the naked guy. In, in oh, right. And in, this one, and in this one, there isn't that option, really. But, oh. um, the, closest you, the closest you get is, like, the noble, who is the level one character. But he also starts with magic and a ring that regenerates your magic points. So that also kind of has its own sort of massive advantage. Right, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, That said, um, I got to like the second area and magic stopped being a win button without leveling it up. Ah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I went with the knight and what I didn't like straight up was the fat rolling I had straight away. I'm like, really? Oh, yes. Give me fat rolling. Take some of your armor off. I did. I took the pants off and uh, we had no pants for a long time here, which everyone sort of loved to watch. You pants. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, Another difference from uh, Demon Souls into like Dark Souls is the use of healing items. Dark Souls, we had the lovely... Estus, which recharges, etc. Well, this one has grass, which is just a droppable yeah. item, and you've got to go out and just keep farming for grass. Farming cause... them or spend souls on them. Yeah. 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 I've, I, again, I kind of would have liked to see him maybe update little things like that along the way rather than make it exactly like the original, like giving us maybe an Estus in this one or something similar. Um, I th- I see the argument for it, though, because if they kept the balance the same, then it's balance for those grasses rather than Estus. That's you've true. Gotta try and, you've got to try and hit strike, again, a balance between updating and changing things versus, um, you know, bringing inconveniences that people love. And, I mean, I prefer Estus by a mile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Estus is bestus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, couldn't imagine Demon Souls with Estus. Like, it just wouldn't feel right, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, another thing they've got is the gear load in this one that you can carry too many items on you and you've got to go give it to a dude to hold on to your items, which I found... Yeah, Stockpile Thomas, he's, um... <sighs> yeah, that, that was a, a thing. That was a bit clunky. I thought I was like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> like, I know it was in the original as well, but I'm like, just, Archaic, let, but... just let us carry our stuff. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a bit... Eh. But in terms of the actual gameplay, the gameplay feels so so damn nice like they cleaned it up a lot. oh they've yeah. cleaned it up a lot like it's probably not as fast as uh dark souls 3 bloodborne etc but it still has yeah. a really nice feel to the combat very slick precise sort of combat etc it's it's fun and it's gauging um you die a lot still um well yeah that's that's step one really now you being um, a souls veteran have you found the difficulty in this one I mean, I found Demon Souls to be the hardest one for me initially anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because, I mean, it's kind of hard hard to describe, really. Because back when I first played it, I found there were some bosses later on in the game that I absolutely needed to cheese to get through. Right. And um, in particular, I played a knight my first time through. And um, I while I started the Noble this time, I'm still going to kind of do a heavy strength-based build mm-hmm. and, and go for weaponry. It's just that I happen to have a bit of magic. And um, I do remember in particular, there was one boss late game where I couldn't get near him without just getting wrecked. And so I kind of hid in a corner and just threw magic at it the first time through. 
Yep. And because you can you can hold as many of those grasses as you want, I was able to just recover the MP even with like crappy starting magic and eventually kill the boss. I don't know if I can do that this time because now the those grasses have a weight. Ah, uh, so right. That's that's changed. So they used to be they used to have a weight of zero point zero in the original, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So you could hold ninety nine of them, no problem. Oh my Otherwise, god! But wow. now, but like if you farmed enough, now you've got to like hand them over to Stockpile Thomas or hand over other stuff <laughs> so you can carry Thomas, that many. Yeah. What a nickname, Stockpile Thomas. I know. Oh, yeah. Um, endlessly make fun of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I felt like uh, people were complaining when they saw the trailer. Like, it looks too bright and colorful and shit. I think I think the color palette they've gone with is fine. You know, you 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 know the it's, PlayStation Three version was during that time of the browns and the greys. You know, remember when we went through yeah. that. <laughs> Every um, game was the same color, yeah. Yeah, and like, I, I didn't mind a bit of blue thrown in here and a bit of green thrown in there, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think the issue there is, like, yeah, people are like, hey, it's atmospheric, it's meant to be grimdark, it is a Souls game after all, but, like, you can't appreciate the grimdark without there being a splash of color. Exactly, exactly. Like, like, otherwise, it all just looks the same and you get lost. Yeah, yeah. Like, some of the environments yeah. have been in, like, look fantastic. Um, and they still look dark yeah. and grim, but with just an extra bit of colour thrown in there as well. Yeah, I think I think it was a term that Jim Sterling used to describe blood before. It was beautifully bleak. Yeah, and I think that definitely that definitely applies here because mm. yeah. it's just like it looks so grim dark, but it's gorgeous and it has its bright moments. And even Dark Souls Three had this moment where you came out of this cave. And you look over the boreal valley, and it's this massive ice oh, valley. Oh, that, that was and amazing! Really, that was incredible. Yeah, and that it's part. just like you need those moments of release after you've had a like six ridiculous boss battles in a row. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like for this one, you know, in terms of the difficulty, what we'll sort of met, talking a bit before, I found oh, yeah. going towards the bosses, I do dumb shit and die all the time. Like, it's just one of those things. <laughs> it always happens. But, it's a it's a video game. You do that. Yeah, but I've done a number of the bosses on attempt one. And, really? Um, uh, and I've, yeah, I've, I've only been, tried two bosses so I, I've far, been so. surprising myself. Like, the first one, the phalanx, I was like, that was pretty the phalanx easy. Is, the phalanx but, is easy. But, like, I if did, you've got the right stuff I did it. Flame Lurker in one go. I did these other bosses in one go. I was like, what? Um... And then actually... Um, You've been the, playing a lot of Souls, though. You've kind of gotten I, some practice. Yeah, I've gotten some practice. So I sort of can tell, you know, when you go into a battle, like, okay, right, let's do this or try this. And there's, there's transferable skill here, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Like, for if Carl played this for the first time, I reckon he'd just get wrecked the whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which would be hilarious. But and then um, another thing they've actually kept in some of the bugs that were in the original, which is an interesting decision because, um, and, and exploits and things like that, which I found strange, but I get at the same time, cause the speedrunning community are going to get their teeth into this real soon. And I feel like the speedrunning community won't be using backstabs or reposts though. Cause those animations are a lot longer than they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which makes, it's going to make speed runs harder if, unless you just skip, oh, actually speed runners just skip all those monsters anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Does it? No. Um, also, yeah, I noticed like one or two bugs along the way with some enemies. Like there's like a, a mini boss in one area I went into and I found a position I could stand and hit him with magic and I just tossed magic at him until he died. And I was like... Yeah, that sounds about right. I was like, cool. And everyone I was watching was like, really? I'm like, well, 
<laughs> I didn't die what against him. What do you want from me here? Like, we could go up against him, get two shot, or we could stand safely back, hit him with 50 spells, and then he dies. But, yeah. um, look, it's like every. Exactly. It, there's bits like that in all the Dark Souls games, Bloodborne, even Sekiro, little things that you can bend the rules and how. You know. AI exploits. It's, I mean, you mentioned it before, right? You just. You, you, you abuse everything you can. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, look, I've been really enjoying it. This I think the sound's amazing as well. The sound design's been Oh, I was incredible. actually, I think I commented on it while streaming it the other day, actually, because I'm just like, I don't know if it's coming through on the on the stream. Turns out it wasn't. But like, you know, the 3D sound and like, you know, there was like some singing in one of like the jail areas. I'm like, I'm turning the camera around and it's moving and it's creepy yeah. as. Yeah, that's, that's been really good. And then um, also, yeah, I've started getting invaded now, it seems, which has been interesting as always <laughs> um yeah no, no. yeah i got invaded by some big youtuber the other day that had like 1500 people watching at the time and he two shot me <laughs> and he wrecked you <laughs> he yeah. absolutely destroyed me but it was pretty funny at the same time yeah um but yeah like um again you know you can invade people's games and kill them and mess around with them and all that sort of stuff like you can dark souls which is it's fun it adds that extra element there that sort of um I guess that's when you're in your human form rather than souls form, but yeah, that yeah, like extra a, bit of danger enemy or use the item. Yeah, because if you're in ghost form or whatever they call it in this one, soul form, I guess um, you have you don't have your maximum health bar either. No, so it does the Dark Souls two thing. Yes, which um, actually no, it does it doesn't worse than Dark Souls two because in Dark Souls two, when you die, you lose ten percent of your max health over and over, and, and it keeps going until uh, capping at fifty. Right. And this one, it's a straight to 50% unless you've got the ring that caps that. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I found it's so been... you got the ring in the first area. So. I think it's been, yeah, difficult in that sense going through areas, but once I've gotten to an actual boss, I've been pretty much all right because I'm normally then going up to full health for the boss it, um, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and they've also added another thing called Fractured Worlds, which is like a mirrored mode of the game. Which is yeah, I haven't found or even I don't even recall finding that option, but I know it's been added. Uh, I I did find it. I won't tell you where it is, um, because cool. Souls games, you know, we like to keep. Some I'll find it eventually. Oh, it's, so. it's very easy to find. It's very easy to find. But um, fair enough. I haven't tried any of that yet, but I'm interested to. I think that adds a bit of replayability oh, to it. Is it? I'll ask you later. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. I have a feeling I know where it is now, but yes, yeah, I'll ask you later. But yeah, that pretty much covers Demon's Souls at the moment. Um, have you got any final thoughts on the game? I'm going to play it a crap ton more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to platinum it. Um, I'll try, yep. I guess. Uh, it depends on what the achievement's like. Um, they also have... Um, Demon's Souls Original did this as well. They have this thing called character tendency and world tendency. Yes. And it's super subtle and the game tells you nothing about it and good luck figuring it out. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> well... Like, Things change, or we can go to extra areas, etc., and and things enemies like that. will drop um, drop different stuff. Certain bosses will only drop certain things if they've got if you're in like full white tendency or full black tendency. And I think it's like it trends to dark if you die a lot, and it trends to light if you're beating bosses. And then there's that's for character tendency, and then there's like a world tendency which takes into account what everyone else is doing. Well, wouldn't that just be a big it's mess? Ridiculous. World tendency, yes. Then? Wow. Yes, it is. It is absolutely a big mess, but it's kind of this... Uh, I know that there were groups that would get together in, in the original to, like, throw themselves off cliffs so they could get a full dark tendency for world and stuff. 
Um, right. So okay. I think it's the, the idea is to kind of try and introduce like a meta level to it. And I don't know how that's going to work in the remake, because, particularly if you've got a lot of people on. Yeah. It'll probably trend dark anyway, because you get lots of people dying all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, I think getting all the way to like the you haven't died much and killed all the bosses tendency is going to be much harder. Yeah, so, yeah, because you will just have people dying left, right, and center. So you, yeah, I see what you I mean. I think playing, I think playing offline kind of removes that a bit because it just has to base it off you. Ah, right, okay. So, so there are ways around it. Did the environments yeah. change at all, or anything like that? Um, honestly, I don't remember, and it's something I'm not fully across. Like it's this one where I'd have to go to like the wiki and read this mess. And it's a massive essay about how it fully works and what changes what. And it's it's one of those things that's just like, oh, there's a lot to it. Yep. Um, so my final question for you is, what would you rather next? Would you rather a Demon Souls two or a Dark Souls four? Can I say Bloodborne two? Yes. <laughs> yes. Blood sorry, I, I forgot Bloodborne. Yes. <laughs> Blood, Bloodborne two or Elden Ring? Yeah, um, yeah. Any, any news on Elden Ring other than we're still making it would be really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd actually probably like a Bloodborne two before a Demon's uh, Dark Souls four. Actually, if they go down that. I mean, route. they said that they were kind of done with Dark Souls when three came out. So. Oh yeah, but you know, you never know these I days. I mean, you go back to the well if there's money. Yeah, exactly, and there would be money there straight away, straight away. Oh, absolutely. So uh, we're going to open it up to chat now. Has anyone got any quick questions about Demon Souls here in our mini? Mini talk on the game. Well, Goblin Cave just said Dark Souls Undertale crossover, and it's like I will find you and I will strangle you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Undertale bullshit. Yeah, yeah. He's just taunting me about that on stream. Uh, <laughs> so good, uh, so good, so good. Uh, anyone else got any comments about that? Or uh, COVID needs to finish before you get to see me ever again. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah, seems legit. Um. Any questions on why Carl won't play the game? I've got a few answers for you all. No fun. No fun, and it's too hard for him. So if he listens to it, this down the track. You know, he's got Come it. Come on, Carl. He, he, he can access I'll it. I'll train you. Uh, does the starter stuff you, mean it's easier? Nah, not really, Goblin. Uh, the starter stuff just sort of like a set of gear or whatever, depending on what class. You choose a gift, as always. And off you trot. Um, there was pre-order bonuses oh, for extra gear. I have yes. not even attached that to my account. Nah. I want to do my first playthrough clean, yeah. so I don't know what that what that actually changes. Yeah, I, I bought the standard edition rather than the ultimate edition. Um, and even in the standard edition, they sent me a random scythe, which just went to storage, Tom. Um, you know, so... Yeah. You know, I, I'm just like, I don't want this. I don't want anything, because I know in the ultimate one, they give you extra souls... And there was a ring they give you that increases your maximum health, and actually it was bugged, right? And people worked <laughs> out they could get unlimited heals by constantly equipping and unequipping this extra oh, life no. ring. So, <laughs> oh no! Oh, I wonder if that's no, because you can actually find the ring that does that. Oh, a ring that does a similar thing in the first area. Yeah. So when you die, your health bar is halved. Yeah. But if you've got this ring on, it's only reduced to seventy-five percent instead. Yes. I wonder if that ring's also bugged or if it's like the same thing. Because well, it is kind of, you have to find it in the first one. It's not hard to find, but it's also yeah. not, if you're not looking, you won't see it. So. Yeah, I think this one just increases your maximum health as a thing. And then people worked out, yeah, you could just get unlimited heals off it. If you damage, you equip it, unequip um, it, you get healed. 
et cetera, et cetera. I'm not expecting a patch when I load up the to stream tomorrow. Uh, uh, <laughs> DJ asks, how long do you think it will take for speedrunning community to crack the game? About 10 minutes. Um, I'm sure they've already done it. I'm sure they've already I'm, done I'm it. Sure, yeah. I'm sure a lot of the old speedrunning strats that still work, they'd just have to find, maybe not as quickly as the original, they'd have to find new exploits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um... I mean, I never speedran. Uh, only two and sets of armor and weapon are ultimate edition exclusive okay dj yeah yeah it's just you get it earlier in the game and that's the thing is that might make it easier to get to that point in the game so. yeah mm -hmm. and you know I you, 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 you want to start off this, these games pure like you don't want a little pay to win scenario i don't mind having that stuff on a on a like playthrough later but yeah, yeah. the ring's still in the game you just get it later yeah exactly. i mean yeah it's exactly but um Yes. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap up the episode after our little chat on Demon Souls. Um, well, hey. I'm interested to know your thoughts down the track when you do eventually complete this. Um, yeah, sure. How they change or whatever down the track. Um, where can people find you if they want to check out your content? Well, if you want to check out my stuff, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Kalgar. That's K-A-L-G-A-R. And also I run a podcast called The Inconsolables, uh, which you can find on all the standard podcasty places um and callan's been on it before so i have i've been on it twice now yeah a couple of times now yeah yes that's, fun. that's right that's right spider-man miles morales that's right everyone's favorite spider-man is back again that's right we have the thing with the thing with the playstations that's right good stuff here by me note so spider-man miles morales is the follow-up to 2018's marvel spider-man um the game is made by Insomniac Games and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. Um, yes. So this time, rather than taking on the role of the normal Peter Parker, this time you play as Miles Morales. Now, for those that played the original, you see you meet Miles in the game as Parker. Um, Miles gets bitten, and at the end of the game, there's a little tease that he's got his powers. And this is him running around several months later with his powers, being Peter's sidekick. And then um, Peter pretty much goes on holidays and goes, there you go, Miles. Uh, you can look after everything here. I'm going, I'm going on vacation, buddy. See, see you later, bro. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm go hang with my girl. Yeah, I'm gonna go hang with my girl. I'm gonna leave you. So, um, so Miles is left in charge of New York, pretty much being the hero there, being the guardian. And of course, bad guys show up and start wrecking the place again. We won't go into any more real story spoilers other than that, but that's the gist of it on what happens. Yep, yep. Pretty much it. So this is a not really a it's a full fledged game, but it's not. So it's its own title, but it's short. It's only about eight hours long. So it's like a glorified yeah. DLC, pretty much. But it's been released well, on its own. It's very weird to me that they've made this such a unique thing that everyone's wondering because this is done so often. They did it for um, Uncharted, and they also did it for. Um, um, Dishonored. Yep. Dishonored had its own its exact same formula, but they're all acting coy about it. Like, is it a game? Is it DLC? It's like, no, it's just a small extension of the engine. Yep, That's what exactly. it, it's using the same engine to make another game mm -hmm. in the same world using yep. all that same yep. stuff. Because why not? You have it all there. And they've got the whole of the New York City there ready to go and they've just translated it over, but they've put it as winter time. So it just doesn't look exactly the same. So I've got snow everywhere rather than no snow. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, different character, different game. And it's like, instead of DLC, you add a whole lot more extra moves and, you know, like 
gameplay mechanics within your character, but still you can tell it's very much using that same DNA. And I wish it wasn't such a big like argument point of like, what is it or is it? I wish they'd just open up and say it because yeah, we want more Spider-Man. We don't mind if it's in the same thing, don't, but just don't make it out. Yeah. You don't have to be embarrassed that it's no. not a whole game. Oh, look, it's in, fine. Like in 12 months time, I'd be stoked if they went, we're releasing Spider-Gwen, we're reusing the assets of New York again. Here you go. Yeah, and, and make it maybe because it's going to be Spider-Gwen, say like maybe we put it in a different dimension and add a bit more like neon lights or, yeah. you know, make it a bit, still use New York, but add different lighting or something to yeah. make the reflections and everything yeah. look a bit different. Your rainy weather or your puddles will look awesome or, you know, something. But yeah. still, I'd be, but, yeah. Anyway, just let's like talk about happy. Miles Morales instead of a fictional game we just made up on the spot there. Um, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, as I said, you play as Miles this time. Now, for those that have seen um, the Spider-Man first movie, which is awesome, by the way, uh, it's very much in that yes. similar vein of Miles. You know, he, he loves listening to hip-hop beats and all that, making beats and all that. The soundtrack has that very hip-hop-ish hip feel to it, which is fantastic, especially the starting the track. awesome. As you, as you head yep. out on, your, on the first day sort of thing, it's great stuff. Um, so Miles has his own unique set of rule uh, moves. Like, just like Spider-Man, he can swing around, climb up buildings and, you know, fight combat. But he's got his own set of moves as well. And um, his moves are called um, Venom Attacks which are yes. these different types of moves where there's like, um, you build up a special bar pretty much and you can launch into these super attacks and you, there's like a punch and there's like a one where you drop down and you, you smash all the enemies around you and a charge and all, and all this sort of thing. And then also, Miles has the ability eventually to cloak as well. Like that's one of his powers he's always had. So you get the ability yep. to go invisible, which is really cool. And that adds an extra yep. something to those stealth areas or even general combat where you can flick in and out of camouflage during combat to confuse your enemies. So Yeah. So th there's a bunch of new stuff, obviously, to do with Miles, etc., which is great. Um, and, of course, they've got a full-fledged story in this, and the story in this is actually really damn good. It's not just, like, what you'd expect from, like, an add-on. It's a fully-fleshed-out story that introduces some cool characters... And there are some amazing moments in it as well. Like, I thought the story was so damn good in this game. Nice. I love that. I love that they go, at least with what they have and the tools that they have, they are going all out. Like, there's a lot of effort here. And there's, it's like it is lovingly crafted. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, and of course, just like in um, the original Spider Man, there's a bunch of collectibles to get around the city uh, for like little yep. side missions, and there's crimes to to dissipate in that and there's other random missions like chasing the pigeons etc again that makes a reappearance um and, nice the and, pigeons and, yeah the bloody pigeons are back um and fun things like that. there's um you can do special challenges like combat challenges stealth challenges swing challenges like we're in the original spider-man as well um etc and then you get tokens which then you can use to purchase suits and again there's a whole array of suits in this from like really bad looking self-made costumes to like the normal Miles Morales costume through to the Enter the Spider-Verse costume, plus a bunch of more really cool ones as well. Yeah, and they have um, even added, but you have to you have to um, apply it, but they've added the, the animation effect from Into the Spider-Verse, which I thought was really great because you can actually apply that to any costume. Yeah. And uh, even if when you're walking around slowly yeah. or swinging around dramatically, uh, it's got that skipping effect that it did, which was just so revolutionary and fresh in that 
in that into the Spider-Verse cartoons. So it's really fun to see that in there and little little visual things like you can turn on the uh, the way that things say like thwack or pow, you know, when you punch people and the words come up on the screen. So little playful things like that is really cool. Um, and straight away, first thing I noticed is it's a, it's subtle, but it's another really nice showcase for the uh, haptic feedback mm-hmm. in the controller. Yeah. In the game. As, as soon as you start, you can feel the train on the tracks and, you know, like um, cars around you and doors opening on certain areas. It's like surround sound, but for the vibrations and rumbles. Oh, it feels nice. And um, I've heard the in the remaster of Spider-Man on the PS5 that they go next level again with the haptic feedback that it really tines up during swings. It tines up a tiny bit, but not that much in this one. Um, uh, so yeah, they, yeah. they didn't go all out. But yeah, um, you can run the game at 60 frames a second or you can go into a high graphics mode where you get all the really nice ray tracing, etc. happening, happening yes. which is really cool as well. But really, yep. that, that's all it's really about to say about this, really, without going into big spoiler territory, which I don't want to do. Yeah, there's, you know, cool enemies and cool all kinds of things, but mentioning any of that will ruin the experience. But yeah, if you liked the first Spider-Man, you'd be crazy not to try this one, you know, like oh, and yeah. jump in and have a go. Exactly. And it is available on PS4 as well. Exactly. PS4 and 5. And it, look, it's a great game. As we said, we want more Spider-Man, whether it's a Spider-Man 2... Um, Spider-Gwen, um, another Miles Morales tale, um, a- anything. I just want more Spider-Man with, with cool villains and cool fights because there are yeah. some damn fun fights in this and I'm not going to go into them because I don't want to spoil it for people. Nice. Yeah. But And also, like, let's remember that this is the second Spider-Man experience in a row that is a positive, awesome experience. So when people are like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's that good or... Like, before the last 2018 Spider-Man... Spider-Man hasn't been very good at all no. for decades, Yeah, you know? So, and finally we get this like flawlessly beautiful game in 2018. And then this is like, you know, it's not a full-fledged game. And suddenly there's people kind of having a whinge. And it's like, guys, this is still an amazing, amazing, amazing Spider-Man. Like, what an age we are in that like, I can't wait for more. I really yeah. can't get enough of Spider-Man. Um, would you, oh, we kind of touched on it, but would you be okay if they're using the exact same city for Spider-Man 2? the exact same city if it meant the game came out sooner or would you rather them enlarge New York in a way like still Manhattan Island but enlarge it even further for part two Spider-Man yeah you know I'd love them I don't know about enlarging it so in, in my head like Spider-Man's like the New York the the thing about the Manhattan Island is that's where all the tallest buildings are so that's where all the easiest and funnest swing yeah. action is going to yeah. be so I'd I'd the only thing I'd think of is if, so in this one, they've kind of taken a bit from Into the Spider-Verse, but maybe in the next one, if they could take a bit from like Coming Home or, you know, in the movie where they go to Europe or something and maybe have you New York there, but have selectable cities kind of like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and you jump between them and possibly yeah. do things in other cities, maybe. That's maybe the other way to expand it but still keep that new york yep. heart but uh, i meant like and, you know the exact same manhattans we've got right now that we've had in spider-man and miles morales or they take still manhattan island and you're only in manhattan island but they in terms of they they remake the island again but extend it further like there's more streets there there's more things and this uh like, a more know, accurate like yeah closer more, again, more accurate bit... closer again yes so they're enlarging yeah, okay. the you're still only on manhattan island but they've made it even a bigger Manhattan Island to play, or would you rather the same one but a quicker game coming out? Ah, uh, no, I'd, I'd much rather wait now. 
this there's plenty to do around in these two. Um, and having said that, like, so I'm thinking of something more like that um, Watch Dogs Legion kind of closeness, right? Yeah. Uh, how you walk around there and you're starting to recognize things a lot. Like, it's not one-to-one still, but it's yeah getting closer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. Or they could add, like, some of the other boroughs of, 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 of um, New York, like Queens or Brooklyn, et cetera. You know, there's, yeah, that, of course. there's that too. Rather the thing that. about Spider-Man is, like, with with games, when we talk about games like GTA or games like um, Cyberpunk, we always think, you know, you don't have to go bigger, but maybe make it so that we can go inside every single building. The thing about Spider-Man is we don't care about going inside. No. So that's why this conversation is so real. It's like you could say, oh, yeah, same New York, but I can go into every building and maybe there's more to discover. But with this particular franchise, we just don't care. It's yeah. all about outside. And yeah. swinging around and how it looks. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Look, they I, couldn't I, just expand. I can't that wait way. to see the villain lineup for Spider-Man Two. Actually, I can't wait to see what villains they put into that game. It's going to be very, very cool because we've had a heap of villains already from Spider-Man into Miles Morales. There's a lot of characters popping up. I'm just wondering if because we got some really fun DLC for the first Spider-Man. Mm. I wonder that this game is a, a giant DLC. Really, Do you I wonder if this DLC will get DLC. This? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the that, DLC's DLC. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool if they did stuff like that. Um, I wonder. Yeah, look, we'll have to see that fully bridges into Spider-Man 2. Like, sets it up. The big sort of setup. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. And and what I'd like to see in Spider-Man 2 as well is the ability to switch between Parker and Morales whenever you want. Depending on missions. Yeah. That'd be cool, but why would you want to be Parker? Because uh, they, they make him a bit different. Like even in this, you saw the animations of Morales different to Parker in that he's a bit more uh, like Parker was a bit more refined with his moves rather than yes, yeah, yeah. So he's like so off balance and, and, and because Parker's a bit older, you could have him a bit stronger, etc. So he does more damage yeah, in combat okay. to, compared to yep to Miles. You can, you can change all these different things. So That's true. Miles yeah. could be the stealthy, because he's invisible, so yeah. he's a skinny, yeah. stealthy, quiet like, one. Not every then. mission you could switch between them, but you know, maybe when you're doing sideies and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Look, that sort of thing. And then, yeah. So, anyway, guys, that is our chat on Miles Morales. Okay, so uh, we're back here at now. So this, we're talking about the wrap-up. So that was a long bunch of stuff. We covered stuff from uh, the Xboxes to the PlayStation to a bunch of games like Yakuza and all that. But let's let's all break it down, Carl. I've got a question for you straight off the bat. Okay, Straight off the bat. Straight, My favorite straight kind of off the bat. All right, okay. Preferred launch, who did it better? You know, we see one of these every seven years. Who did this one better? Now, do you mean like the launch day or the entire launch? Uh, the launch in general, who did it better and who do you think came out on top at the end here? It's, I'm not sure who came out on top. I, I th- My favorite console that I've enjoyed and the launch and the experience, I have to say, was PlayStation 5 so far. Mm. It's, the, uh, it's the console that feels like an event. It feels exciting. It feels like I'm doing something new. Yep. I'm discovering things. Um, you know, like we talked about how amazing that controller was with the yep. feedback and the uh, triggers. Yep. That itself feels refreshing, but not just that. The UI or the UX, as they're calling it now, uh, feels fresh. It feels new, and it, they've got the little cards in every game that let you just jump to different missions and help you, you know, along with collecting everything for trophies. Just like 
there's a nice natural progression into the next and now new generation. And I, I think PlayStation has really made me feel like I was actually stepping forward. Yeah, I get that. I, I get that sentiment right there in, in what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you know, the Xbox is a cool upgrade, especially for the Series X and the hard drive, obviously, is a huge jump, etc. But in terms of, of who pulled off the, you know, just a better launch in terms of, like, feeling next-gen PlayStation, um, because all the games are, you know, well, um, what is it, uh, Demon's Souls, you know, PlayStation 5, you can't play it on PlayStation 4, etc. So things like that. You know, the controller was a huge one. Like, the Xbox used pretty much the same controller, but share button. It feels nice. Very nice feeling controller. Don't get me wrong there. But, um, you know, the haptic feedback, etc., etc., of the PlayStation 5 and just the different design of the controllers felt very next-gen. They're like that nice upgrade, etc. And, of course, the extremely fast SSD of the PlayStation 5 as well. Yeah, of course. And, you know, like, the downside, the, the pity is they... Um... It's unfortunate that Xbox just nailed the controller like two generations ago. Mm -hmm. So now, now that they've like just remade the thing, it just it doesn't seem like such a big deal. But they've had the most beautiful controller on the market for you know two full generations now. And I've personally just always found the PlayStation uncomfortable to play with. Oh no, we've lost him. Hello, as are you, you okay? As you were, yeah, I was turning off the fan in the background. Oh, right. Right, right. You can't turn me off, man. No. Um, I don't know where I was. Anyway, oh, yeah. Um, part of the beautiful thing about the PlayStation controller, not just the haptic feedback, is that it's so comfortable to hold, finally. Yeah. I've always found it uncomfortable to hold personally. Some people love it or are fine with it, but... Yeah, Xbox's controller, the downside for them is it looks bad now because they've had it so perfect for so long. So the haptic feedback is amazing on PlayStation, but also that they've finally taken that Xbox shape that fills your hand and feels a lot more comfortable like the Pro Controller did straight away for, you know, Nintendo Switch or whatnot. So yep. I won't say it's a write-off. It's just that they got it right earlier, so it feels less special now. Yep. Um, for Xbox. Out yeah. of all the games that have released, uh, which has been your favorite game? Uh, so far, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a lot of fun. I love, I love these last three Assassin's Creeds. I've just fallen in love with the entire series again. They really did a beautiful job with reviving it. And this one, I've just, you just kind of disappear into the world and discovering it is so nice. And, you know, like, you know me with my taking photos and stopping to look at everything at every corner, which which has just taken me the longest time to get through anything. Because last night I stopped next to a fence because someone in my chat went, oh, the lighting's nice. And then we took three screenshots in about an hour and 20 minutes. And it wasn't even a special spot. I was just somewhere random, wait, like waiting to continue an adventure. But that kind of thing, the kind of discovery, uh, I'm a real sucker for. So wow. that's... It's kind of, my it's kind of like when I was playing it, my chat was like, hey, could you get a screenshot of the wolf for us? And I went, sure. And we ran along. I hit the button. We turned the camera. I took the thing. I said, is that cool? I said, yep. And we moved on. Um, um, but yeah, for, for me, I think my favorite one is Demon Souls. Um, I've really been enjoying nice. it. It looks great. feels great. Um, it hasn't been the most challenging Souls game for me, but I think it comes from a lot of, I've played a lot of them now. This was the original Souls game. So 
you know, uh, they're obviously get harder as you go on. But, you know, it's been fun. I re I've really enjoyed the adventure. I'm nearing the end now. I'm a bit sad to finish it because it is a bit shorter than the others as well. But it's been a, it's been a yeah, great ride. Okay. You know, it's been a great ride. I've really enjoyed my time with it. And um, it feels very next-gen again. Even though it's a remake of an older game, just the look of it feels very very next gen and the fact that you can't get it on anything else only playstation 5 adds to that as well yeah and i guess plus those uh, immediate load times makes it feel a bit new as well oh my god the old one used to have a minute and a half load times every time you died oh yeah yeah imagine that every time you died a minute and a half like that would that would break me it's instant and you're back into it again so it's it's fantastic in oh, those ways ooh, i might well. actually give that a go i haven't even jumped in myself it's installed and ready to go but remember like that, that main thing like i don't know i still probably hate it but that instant restart might be something that makes me enjoy it a bit more that's what makes me oh, like other games like uh, at least do the intro until you get to the nexus there's a bit at the start right yeah um I'll have and, a look. and and do do that it takes 10 minutes you know so yeah. um yeah um have you got anything else you'd like to add into the wrap-up portion of the episode though carl uh, the wrap up, well, you know, like, um, not to just poo poo Xbox, I've had a wonderful time on that system. Uh, it, it did feel a little bit more like an Xbox One Z than an Xbox Series anything. Mm. Uh, but the games, uh, like I just said, my favorite game was Assassin's Creed, and I've been playing that on the Xbox. So I thought I'd clear that up on the Xbox Series X. The thing is amazing. Uh, it's it's extremely powerful. It's nice and quiet. Both the machines are very quiet. Well, we did we our really test of the um, fast traveling as well to see yes to see the speed between the Series X and the S on the same game. Uh, the Series yes. X came out about one second faster in terms of loading. Yep, which was very very interesting because we already knew that that machine was so powerful. But what is worth mentioning is that we went from the same point in um, Assassin's Creed to the next and we, we tried it two times and um the fact is that the series x is also doing it rendering 4k textures mm -hmm. so it does that at the exact same time but just like it seems like such a small number it's only one second quicker but it, it shows the power because it's also doing 4k textures so it's yeah it is very impressive yeah that, that power behind that thing so exciting to see what's coming in the future. I'm really excited to like do this again in like six months oh, to yeah. a year. What do you mean? Like just everything that these uh, machines are Oh, yes. Yeah, I think we'll a, do a throwback a 12 months from now, looking back at the previous yeah. years, see if Xbox has caught up. So then, the other thing I want to mention quickly is, which we didn't in our review because we um, forgot about it when we're talking about the controller of the PS5, um, I figured out how long the battery lasts. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, uh, 12 and a half hours. Um, I did a stream, and it ran out on me at 12 and a half hours. So you're looking at about 12 plus hours, like 12 and a bit hours for it, because there was a couple of... Uh, and what game were you playing? Uh, I was playing Demon's Souls, Spider-Man, Bugsnax. Like, I flipped between all of them. Um, right. So depending on the game, it might use up, chew up a bit more, etc. But you're probably looking at a nice 12 hours for before you got to recharge that controller. So... Yeah, okay. And I did... I did find that it lost quite a bit of a battery when it's left off and unplugged. Oh, right. I noticed that. Yeah, unlike the, uh, you know, the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller, I don't know what that thing's made of, some sort of voodoo magic. But if you don't plug it in and then you don't play it for like weeks, 
you plug that back in and it's like 80% battery still for some reason. Yeah. But I did notice, yeah, the PlayStation, I, um, I had it fully charged and then I unplugged it so as to not just overcharge it for days and days. Um, and then I picked it up maybe, I want to say two, possibly three days later mm. and started playing. And then you can see the battery logo on the top right of the screen showing that it was at about 50%. Oh, wow. So um, I thought that was worth mentioning. It's a little bit weird, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, folks, that's our little wrap-up now. Uh, has anyone got any questions in chat? We've already got one from Game Boy Brian. As I said, we're doing this live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Twitch. Carl, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at the underscore lyrical. You can find me on Facebook at the lyrical official. And you can find me on Instagram at just the lyrical. Awesome. So, Game Boy Brian asks, here's a question I just thought of. Next Gen has just started. Which AAA game companies do you think will step up their game and which ones will do the same stuff they did last gen? Great question. I reckon Ubisoft's going to step up their game because they always do. Mm -hmm. They're the biggest risk takers as a, as a big company. Like yeah. as a AAA, I think Ubisoft are the ones that do the craziest shit. Like as soon as there's something new, as soon as there's the Wii U, they jump on and do like weird Wii U games, you know? Right. And as soon as there's like VR, they jumped straight on with that um, Eagle Flight. That was Ubisoft, you know? And that was early on. And suddenly they do this random game about an eagle flying through post-apocalyptic France mm -hmm. to really experience VR. And yep. they did the same with the Nintendo Switch. So I think they're going to step it up somehow. Already they've taken like that risk with, um, you know, Watch Dogs and doing that thing with all the NPCs being playable so mm. i feel like they are probably the best bet in my eyes of stepping it up somehow don't know how yet but they'll figure something out mm. possibly yep. um and maybe uh, the sports all the sports games you know ea and stuff yeah and they're probably the ones that'll just keep rolling on make the sweat yep. you know shinier and mm -hmm. make the shorts wave in the wind and yep. all bounce one extra time yeah for, for me, the uh, the answer is Rockstar. I think that they've been holding off on GTA 6 just because they want to really utilize the power of next-gen consoles to make an even bigger and more detailed world again. I think that's why we haven't heard a thing on it. I'm expecting news yes, on yeah. that in the next 12 months. I think they're going to do an amazing job of GTA 6. Um, even though the hype yeah. is going to be unreal coming from 5, but I think, you know, I think they've got big damn plans, and I think that's why I've heard yeah. nothing on it yet. Because it ain't yep. working on your old consoles, I reckon. I reckon it'll be next-gen only. Uh, I can't see that oh, being backwards yeah. compatible, etc. So yep. um, the, the ones that I think will plod along again, I think Bethesda, they've got a nice little track record of this. With uh, their games, you know how you can't even climb ladders. If they climb ladders in their games, that's actually a step up for them. Um, I can just see them releasing buggy messes of games again um, yeah, along the way. We'll all fall into Todd's trap again of being like, yeah. oh my God, this is amazing sounding. And then we play it, we go, the fuck was that? Yep. Um, yep. Another Skyrim, hey? Yeah. Yep, indeed. Um, so let's see. Um, Zandog's DJ Xbox Best. Series X has arrived. That's amazing, Zandog. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Well hey. done. Um, DJ asks, are there any games that carried a new gen Xbox other than Valhalla like the Demon Souls remake and Miles Morales carry the PS5. Uh, I think that's a pretty hard no. No, Yakuza. I reckon, Yakuza, like a dragon. 
I mean, it doesn't carry it hardly. That thing looks like a really, 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 really good PS3 game. True. Um, and and that's that's just their weird sort of design. I felt like the, it's very dated. Mm. There's some nice scenes in there, but uh, graphically, it's just not an amazing game. It doesn't even look like last gen to me. Like, it looks like an early PS4 or a very good PS3 game. But even having said that, Last of Us looks better than that. And that was a PS3 game. You know what I mean? Like, just visually, it's not that impressive to me. They look a little bit like uh, puppets. I don't know. But I think, unfortunately for the Xbox, the only thing that really carries it is experiences like going in and looking at something that already exists, like Forza Horizon 4, and mm-hmm. playing it with the, uh, you know, the beautiful upgrades and the 4K and the 60 frames. And So nothing new, nothing is exciting, which is why yeah. straight away when you asked me what I think yeah. Who I think did it best, I went straight to PS4. Oh, yeah, for, for now. Anyway, as Brian said, maybe Halo Infinite turns out well will be a good sell, exactly. And that's for things to come down the track. You know, we, exactly. we, we're saying on launch, what's been the big flagships here? Demon Souls and Miles Morales for PS5, obviously. Valhalla was their partnership agreement with Microsoft. They did a lot together, even though it runs on both. But Microsoft, you know, was like, yeah, it runs best on Series X, et cetera, et cetera like that um but yeah I, I do know what you mean i do know what you mean by yakuza i think it still looks just as good as the other ones which all look fine mate so uh, maybe try playing a bit more of the game <laughs> you can't change how those uh, people look though uh, this is something that the sega designs in that particular series forever just always look like you know thunderbirds okay radio uh what uh juxy asks what is your most anticipated games out next oh easy cyberpunk cyberpunk 2077 this is true okay what about beyond cyberpunk let's just put that to the side like let's say next gen games because that's a current gen game yeah okay uh that's also easy and that's uh rift apart ratchet and clank Oh, of course, yes, yep. Easy, easy, yep. easy. Yeah, for me, it's Elden Ring. People know I love the Souls series here. I'm interested yes, to see what yep. From Software do with this because they said they're going open world for the first time. So it's going to be a really interesting take on the games, um, how much mm. freedom in open world we get, et cetera, et cetera. So it should be really interesting on that. Um, Juxy also asks, how do you think Nintendo is going to respond or do they just not care? I'm I'm 100% with that second part of that sentence. Yeah. I don't think... I think Nintendo stopped caring like two generations ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just made remote control Mario Kart. Like, they're in a different plane of existence. Yeah. Those guys. So they'll, they'll do their upgrade of the Switch. And that's... that's. I don't think they're competing against anyone. They're just one of those people that are... You know, they say like, wake up and be the best version of yourself you can be. I feel like that's all Nintendo ever think about. They're like, what can we do oh, best? Look... I still feel Nintendo have an ace ready to go because the, there's been long rumors about the Nintendo Switch 4K version, etc., coming. Yeah. And they've got Breath of the Wild 2 coming. Now, if it weren't for COVID this year, I think we would have seen both drop around now, which would have made yeah. this, this awesome tussle between the big companies then. That would have been very, very, very fun. It would have been very, Ooh. very stressful for us. But it would have been. Oh, imagine very... doing that. Oh man, I, I don't think I, I don't think I could have done another two days, three or four days of of constant podcast talking about another piece of oh. hardware. So I'm I glad just... I'm glad we'll be waiting on that and be talking about that yeah. when the time comes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. 
Um, yeah, so I think Nintendo have got a little thing with that. Um, and Nintendo have been very quiet this year, really. The biggest game they've released this year has been Animal Crossing. Let's not beat around the bush, bush there, right? Yeah, um, and I guess they are like... Uh, the Link, Hyrule... What's that new one? Yeah, but Fantasy I mean, Warriors? big, big titles. Like, Hyrule uh, Warriors is a B title for them. Like, while... You know, your Zeldas, your Marios, your Animal Crossings, your Metroids, they're all A titles. We had only really one this year being Animal Crossing. I think next year we're going to see a new Mario. We're going to see a new Zelda, at least. At least. Ooh, you're expecting a new Mario next year. Yeah, and maybe even a new Metroid as well. Like, I think they might come out and start smashing all that stuff out of the park next year. Um, Zamdog says Super Mario 3D All-Stars. True, but they're all just re-releases. It's not like a brand new one. Um, really as well, so I am excited for the uh, 3D land and 3D world. Yeah, th- that'll be fun. Which is still on their way. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think we'll get Odyssey 2 or something next year. Whatever they're gonna bloody call it, Mario doing his thing, which will be cool. Because yeah. by then it'll be four years since they've released one. I hope they call it Mario doing his thing. I hope they good. call it Mario Universe just to make you be quiet. Wow. Uh, okay, and uh, speaking of the rumored Switch Pro. What do you think it will look like, asks Game Boy Bryant. I have no idea. I think it'll be a bit of a bulkier Switch. I think it, it has to look similar because I don't think they want to get rid of all the Joy-Con connectivity. Uh, so the Joy-Con still has to fit on the thing. Yeah. And clip onto the sides. Yeah. So I think it'll... Personally, I reckon they'll just like take away the borders in on the screen. Yeah. So it's ed- edge-to-edge screen. Yeah. Um, and like possibly a bit thicker for more space for cooling. Yep. But I don't see them doing much else. They can't really change the shape because they can't make it much bigger either because it's already quite big for a handheld. So... Yeah, it's the perfect size as it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nintendo Switch it um, up. Yeah, that's very true, Zamdog. Uh, I'm just going to scroll up quickly that we haven't missed any questions. Nope. We're good. Yeah, we're all good. All right. Cool. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for your questions. You guys all rock. You guys are awesome. And uh, we, we are here to answer your questions, as we said. All right, Carl, are you ready for the lame, love, and hype trains about the next gen, or as we're going to call it now, current gen, or new gen? I just call it new gen. New gen. Current Ex- sounds very strange. So what, tw- like 12 news. months' time we can go current gen, you reckon? At the moment, it's still new gen. 12 months time, we just call it Xbox and PlayStation again. Yeah. Yeah. Until <laughs> That's what I'm excited about. Until three about. years after that, when the rumors start dropping, then we talk about next gen, current gen. Yep. Cool. Sounds good to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, guys, we're going to kick off the lame, love, and hype train on new gen. Let's go. Starting off with the lame train. Okay, Carl, what's your lame train to do with the uh, new gen, what we've experienced over the last 10 days? My lame train is that uh, that I was so and am so excited to have my Xbox Series X, but I just I do wish they did something with that UI. Just anything like after seeing and feeling how nice it is to navigate in the PlayStation. So many little tiny details, even like that when you hover over different games, mm. you know, not just things to do with the game comes up, but the music changes and gets you in the mood. And it's just like a really fun, quick way to get you to the games you're playing, which mm-hmm. is what a UI should be. You know, it's it's just really beautiful. And the Xbox One, it's fine. I've really gotten my way around it, and I've made mine look super neat and tidy, and you can make your own folders and whatnot and setups. 
and sections and I love it, but it's just like, it's been the same thing for just years yeah. and it doesn't, yeah. So it's just a small thing. I've really enjoyed everything else, but that's my lame train. Yeah, fair call, fair call. My lame train is that not everyone that wanted a PlayStation or an Xbox got to experience on day one, like us and others that got in early for those pre-orders, you know, because um, of the shortage, etc. If there was no shortage, it would have been great. Everyone that we know being able to choose what they want to buy, no issues with pre-ordering, uh, mums being able to walk into stores and buy it for their kids for Christmas. Like, would have, That's the perfect world, isn't it, where you can do something like that, launch something like that. Yes. I, I'm just sad that, you know, I think that's lame that we, you know, we've had... We, we, it was like running with the bulls almost, but online, like we're all there, like ready to go. And then, yeah, man. you know, that sort of thing. And then people miss out that didn't realize. And then, you know, I just want everyone to be able to enjoy these consoles. I want people to be able to enjoy it all, yes. you know, all the people out there. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that is my lantern. And, this, and the arsehole scalpers, as Brian's just pointed out in chat, are the worst pieces of shit. Buying up the stuff, <laughs> people are missing out on these consoles because you assholes want to flip it and make a quick seven hundred bucks. Yeah, absolutely. That is so shit. Yeah. So yeah, don't actually fuck it. The scalpers are the fucking lamb train. They're the fucking assholes that keep doing this shit <laughs> yes, over and over and over that. again. They've done it to me on on, on um concert tickets. I've missed out on concert because of these assholes before. You know. Um, and now people are missing out on consoles because these dickheads want to make a quick 700 bucks. Hey, assholes, stop taking enjoyment away from people and stop trying to make a fucking profit of everything you can, right? Let people yeah. go enjoy shit, you assholes. All right, okay. Anyway, let's move on to the love train. Yes. Okay, Carl, what's your love train? My love train is... You know, not that we're just finally here in the new generation. My love train is that we can finally, after having it in our hands, stop just like wondering and pondering questions and what's going to happen and what have they added and what is, you know, what's new. And we just spent so long, so much longer than usual with these questions and mysteries from everything from that price chicken to the dates and then like the UI and like this lead up has been so painful. Well, you know, what, wasn't like price chicken like, just an absolute waste in the end? It was, because they were the same price anyway. Yeah. And I was just annoying. And I love, like, my love train is that it's done. Done. We're here. Let's just play some games. Let's just get excited about games again. Instead of, like, wondering what our next seven years is going to be like. Like, what's the whole... When you're just curious about a single game, you know, it's... It's just, it's different. It's more exciting. Like what adventures will I be having? But when it's a whole system, it kind of takes over your entire playing life mm -hmm. and everything you're doing on your current console. You're like, I wonder what's changing and when am I upgrading? And yeah. I don't feel like playing anything anymore because it's yeah. progressing on an old system. So I'm just, my, I'm loving that all that is behind us, starting fresh, rock and roll, early times. Yeah. Um, I've been loving the energy around a new console launch. Like we didn't have Game Train going the last time. A console released. I didn't have um, uh, Twitter the last time. I didn't. Ha I, I weren't in a bunch of Facebook groups, etc. You know all these things. Just seeing the energy and the excitement that people have had with these new consoles, like it's just yeah. like someone like, oh, "Hey, I've got the box. 
Sork. It's, you know, it's just really nice to see. I sort of loved all yeah. that sort of thing. Um, even though there's still console wars going on, bickering and back and forth and trolling each other and all that shit. For the most part, it's been like this, hey, look at this, and look at this. I got a Series X, I got a Series S, I got a PS5 disc edition, I got a PS5 digital edition, you know. People are showing off the stuff, they're playing the games and all that. It's been really nice. And I was just happy to experience all of it with the podcast along the, along the way. So it was nice to uh, to check all that out um, in the journey with everyone else as well. Yes. All right. Are you ready for the hype train? Man, am I ever? Okay, here we go, folks. We're going to roll into that hype train. Carl, what are you hype about? Yo, my hype train is like, see, I know you wanted something that's about the new generation. So I guess the quickest and easiest answer is I am hype, very hype about um, Ratchet and Clank coming up with Mm -hmm. the Rift Apart. But my current right now hype train is that I can finally go back and play more Crash Bandicoot and Ghost of Tsushima. (laughs) Because I've just been excited to finish those, but I couldn't. Obviously, why would you touch it at the moment? And I, I was just really enjoying my time in Crash Bandicoot and Ghosts. And both of those, I sort of halted and jumped into here. And like all this beautiful play things and playing with everything new and exciting. And if I play too much, then I'll never touch those again. Right. So yep. I'm hyped to go experience that. Sure. How yeah. about you? I'm hyped to see where Sony goes with haptic feedback and how they keep incorporating it into their first party games. I mean, I'm just excited yeah. to see how they do this down the track. So... I think, you know, obviously the bow in Horizon Zero Dawn, the axe throwing in God of War 2, um, all these things. It's going to be really cool to see what they do with it and along the way and just the feelings in the controller and see how it evolves o- over the time. So what developers come up with, um, I'm pretty excited for that. Yes. I'm pretty ex- um, hyped to see how that goes. Good call, like Uncharted or Tomb Raider with all the like different biomes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ooh. But- and another one that I should have thought of, um, Unreal Engine 5 Incorporation. That's be true, really yeah. We're going to start seeing that in 12 months' time, which will be really fun too when that gets out to yeah. developers and all that. But yeah, I've got, I've got one last question for Carl. Oh, for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next gen, what are you expecting? What do you mean? Seven years time, the new console's <laughs> release. Oh, you motherfucker. Uh, um, <laughs> let me see. That's I'm a joke question. You don't have to answer it. Normalized 8K. Um, 120 frames. And uh, all I want, you want, if you want me to be completely honest, I just want wireless VR, please. <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> Give me wireless VR. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up there. That was episode 94 of Game Train. Sorry for the extraordinary long episodes, the ones that have listened to all this. Remember, all the individual pieces are there on Podbean for you guys to look at as well. Next episode, we're going to be looking at Pathless. Uh, we haven't jumped in yet, but we, that will be our review game. Plus, we'll be talking about some of the other next-gen games that we didn't talk about on this, like Bug Snacks, yes. Tetris Connected, um and um things like that cod as well in our games we've been yes, playing call of duty so we'll have a Cold bit War. still going on mm. with that and we're going to be talking about pathless and reviewing pathless but until then folks carl you got anything else to say i uh, no thank you very much for having me you guys are freaking legends okay great 
Thank you all so much. And this has been Game Train.